You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. This episode of Breaking Down the Ring is being brought to you by Audible. If you go to audible.com slash Detroit or text Detroit to 500-500, you will get your first 30 days free on Audible and get a free book as well, including books such as Saint Mick by Mick Foley, the My Journey from Hardcore Legend to Santa's Jolly Elf. Look, we all know Mick Foley loves the Christmas time. It's his favorite. If you've watched any of his stuff, you see that he loves Santa. So he narrated his own book. Again, the book's called Saint Mick, My Journey from Hardcore Legend to Santa's Jolly Elf. And again, all you have to do is go to audible.com slash Detroit or text Detroit to 500-500 and you will get Saint Mick for free along with your first 30 days of Audible for free. Note, you get a free book every month you are on Audible. So this free book that you get right off the bat is totally free. And then every month that you have coming up, you get another free book. Go to audible.com slash Detroit or text Detroit to 500-500 and save on Audible. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. This show is broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. For more information about this show or our network, please visit www.podcastdetroit.com. Oh, the Summer Slam weekend is officially over. Take over. Brooklyn 4 was a festival of wonderment, if you were watching. SummerSlam did not disappoint on a lot of stuff, and WWE pulled out many stops that even all of us were impressed by. Raw saw the reformation of a group that, you know, you kind of thought was coming. And then SmackDown saw brand new champions crowned. We're going to get into that and more this week as we... Kiss the ring. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. I'm the best in the world. What? The crew rise to the top, oh yeah. Delete! 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 They got the answers. I change the question. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? Finally, you are listening to the most inappropriate wrestling show in all of history. You're listening to Breaking Down the Ring. We are your ring crew. Z. 
and me, all Mikey one, Mikey. Uh, Joe's running a little bit late. Uh, Orlando decided that he wanted to wear all white and he had to buy a whole lot of Tide sticks after this weekend's wrestling stuff. So he's out. Yeah, that's what happens when you shit your pants during a wrestling match. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Uh, Smitty overdrafted his bank account. So basically that's just why. (laughs) You see the way his bank account is set up. Uh, It's in his checking and he can't transfer. <laughs> oh man, look, dude. Um, so let's start this off. Uh, we were at McGee's on Sunday, Thomas McGee's in Easter Market. First and foremost, thank you to every fucking person that came out, man. We had a little over 50 people, uh, which is I think about 20 more than we had for WrestleMania at B dubs. I think we hit a little bit over 30, and then we had a little bit over 50 at one point, uh, for. Uh, SummerSlam. Now, that doesn't mean it was just 50 people because we didn't get the full final count of people. I just know at one point I walked around and I think I got to like 52 or 3 when yep. I was counting. And that didn't include us. I didn't include uh, us five. Other, other than during soccer games, that's like one of the fullest times I've seen that bar. Really? Yes. That's fucking awesome, but man. then I got to go there in the morning, so... Yeah, that doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Uh, I spoke to the bartender. They He said they did pretty good numbers for sales. Uh, he did good numbers for him t- for his take-home, and that was all I care about, really. Yeah. As long as the business is making money and the person taking care of us is making money, life is good. You know, that means that they'll probably want to bring us back, and we'll never know. Uh, there was a little bit of talk with Eric possibly about doing Summer uh, Survivor Series uh, November 18th, so... We'll keep everybody updated on that. But overall, man, um, I I think it was a really good event. How did you feel about it, brother? Uh, which one? Oh, our event. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's okay. You're pretty. Um, I liked it. I I mean, I, th- I I think I had more fun at this one than I did at B Dubs. Not that like the venue or anything's better. Just I I, I think I had more fun at mm-hmm. this one just in general. Um, it's, it seemed like everyone was having a, a good time, which is, I mean, all I really cared about. And I mean, we, we got a lot of really cool prizes we got to give away, made a lot of people happy. I mean, every time we do one of these things, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and I enjoy doing them and seeing all the people that come out. So, I mean, I, I think, it was, I think it was a successful, uh, event. I agree. Joe is, uh, officially joined the show. Joe, what's up, man? Hi everybody! Uh, we're, <laughs> <laughs> Hi everybody! Uh, so we're officially talking about um, our event at McGee's, man, and how we seem to be—we were impressed by it. How did you feel about it? I had a blast. Um, the turnout was better than I anticipated. Um, the bartender was cool. The bar itself was cool. Um, had you never been there before? No, I okay. had. Um, your cousin and my friend Skip bartends there sometimes, but I personally have never been there. Did you see him when he showed up? I did. Ah. Yep. Um, yep. Saw him and Mark and then Danielle also. So, yes, yeah, good times. Had some friends there, some fans there. Pretty awesome. Yeah, we um talking about the giveaways, we had five matches that we gave stuff away for, both women's matches, uh, women's title matches, the universal title match, uh, the KO and Braun match, and the Miz and Daniel Bryan match. Obviously, um, <clears throat> the Bro- the Brock and Roman one was the final one. But we did one with our Pro Wrestling Scorecards. Again, if you guys have not checked out Pro Wrestling Scorecards, hit them up. At PW Scorecards, 
on all of their social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Twitter is their main go-to. They, they even have their own subreddit. They provided us our own uh, Breaking Down the Ring scorecard that we used for the event. People who got there early enough before the first match started, so within the first half hour, basically. Uh, if they people got in there early enough, they filled out a scorecard, all of the extras, and our winner uh, had 147 points, man. You know, now that I think about it, people probably think that shit was rigged. No. Yeah, I mean, Brittany came in first, and I came in second. <laughs> <laughs> One knows Brittany. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was also the only thing that we were able to take part in. Um, I didn't get my scorecard out there. I, be fair, wouldn't have mattered. One to one. But we did a really huge giveaway with this one, which was awesome. Uh, I went out on a search expedition for all of the New Japan Funko Pops. Kenny, Cody, and the Bucks. I got the Bucks Hot Topic exclusive one, one from, for Kenny and one for Cody. We did that with a Golden Elite shirt and uh, an, the Elite pin. And I was Ray Mysterio was the DVD with that one, or was Chris Jericho? No, it was Chris Jericho because I turned once we got the Chris Jericho DVD, I was like, oh, this is a Jericho Cruise. No, it's a Jericho Cruise prize package because it's you know Alpha Club versus Bullet Club, and uh, it was great, man. Like we posted that. Fuck, even Nick Jackson liked that tweet. Are those the only New Japan Funko Pops? Those are the only ones. Yeah, there's different. There's a different set of the Young Bucks one. Like I got the Hot Topic exclusive. I can't find the other one. Like I I find it on Amazon. I I guess I haven't looked on Amazon, but in stores I haven't. I thought that was the only one. There is it's. No, there's two. They're bo- it's the other ones also Funko Pop though. Yeah, it's like legit. It's yeah, not there's a some fun- other brand or something. No, it's yeah. As a matter of fact, I remember one one time Matt posted on Matt Jackson posted on his Twitter that he found the last one at like a GameStop. Dig it. Yeah. So, man, if I bought those, I'd have a hard time sacrificing them to a giveaway, man. Well, I, the way I looked at it is, Cody's I'm a, a collector though. Yeah, you know? like, I'm Cody's a, a little bit difficult guy. to find. I I I have two Kennys. So I kept a Kenny for myself. Nice. I uh, I will I probably, go that's back. That's what I probably would have if I had the cash. I probably would have just bought two of everything. One oh, for the I was gonna say, I gave thing and my, one for me. <laughs> I gave up my Seth Rollins pop, but uh, I mean, I feel like I can get another one. Yeah, dude. So when I went to, I didn't get to tell you guys this. When I went to pick up the remote gear uh, before we got um, before SummerSlam really kicked off, they were obviously there's a whole bunch of Funko Pop guys selling and stuff, and one of them had a CM Punk pop. And I was like, how much? He was like, $160. I was like, I'd have done it right there. I couldn't do it, you man. You can't find it for less than 220 online. I know. I, I, I looked at I was like, man, son of a I bitch. Want, I, I, so I didn't have it. I didn't have wow. it. And, and then if you get the one with the pink tights, it's like $420, I think, is the cheapest it goes for. Yeah. That's the, that was the exclusive one they gave out. Yeah. It was funny. I didn't, I didn't realize that that came out right before he quit. And then as soon as he quit they stop production on them. So they're like really, yep. And they're really difficult to find. Oh, they're really easy to find. You just need <clears throat> some fucking money. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> um, so yeah, man, we had a great time again. Thank you to everyone for coming out. Special. Thank you to Thomas McGee's for hosting us. Detroit respect. Uh, you can go to DetroitRespect.com. They gave us some shirts, uh, great shirts that we use for some of these giveaways. Again, man, if you pay attention to any of our social media, our Instagram, our Facebook and our Twitter, you will notice that when we do these giveaways, we're not giving anything away. Like just one thing. Oh, you want a, a autograph picture no it's a picture a fucking um t-shirt you win some toys you we go all out for for our events man so coming there it's like even if there was a cover which there wasn't not gonna say there won't be no one for next time but there wasn't this time uh even if there was a cover you would have made your money back if you won that 
easily. If you would have spent five bucks, you kidding me? Whatever you spent on beer, you totally made back, especially with the huge prize pack. Yeah. Because that big one had to go for a little over like 75 bucks worth of stuff. And I mean, this time we raffled off a title belt too. Yeah. That's the other thing. We raffled off a title belt. All side note, if anyone's wondering where that money went, all the proceeds went right back into our show. So it's going directly to the bills that we pay for this show. Um, Therefore, you by joining that raffle, you were supporting our show. We say yeah, thank you so thank, much. Thank you for sponsoring us, guys. We yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> uh, we ended up making $108 off of that. So it's $108 going towards uh, our show cost. And thank you again so much. And once again, thank you so much to the guys from the Knockouts and Three Counts podcast who joined our post show for SummerSlam. And uh, just it, w- it was fun to have them. And Devin was running around like a chicken with his head called. I was going to say, De- Devin's the reason we made most of that money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was badass. Very, very badass. Um, let's get into the weekend of wrestling, TakeOver and SummerSlam, and tell you what we're going to do. Look, we've decided that because Dave Meltzer likes to just flip-flop on his whatever-the-fuck ratings and body-shame women for no fucking reason, you know, like, even watching SmackDown, I was like, why did he say she was heavier? Whatever. Um, We decided that we're going to rate things. And by our rating system, you know that it has to be as inappropriate as possible. So how are we doing it? On a scale of 0 to 10, with 0 being the lowest, 10 being the highest, we are giving you fucks. That's right. Our fucks given rating scale is only going on for uh, the WWE pay-per-views right now. Depending on how well this does, you never know in the future down the line. It could be other stuff as well. So we got TakeOver. We got SummerSlam to talk about. You can Something can be as low as zero fucks. We'll give it zero fucks to as high as ten fucking fucks. We'll get into all that and more as we go on. Let's talk NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Five matches on this card. The NXT Tag Team Championship was being defended by the Undisputed Era against Mustache Mountain. Velveteen Dream was taken on EC3. Adam Cole was defending the NXT North American Championship against Ricochet. Shayna Baszler defended her NXT Women's Championship against Kyrie Sane. And Tommaso Ciampa defended his NXT Championship versus Johnny Gargano in a last man standing match. Five matches and two of these titles changed hands. Kyrie Sane is your brand new NXT Women's Champion, and Ricochet is your brand new NXT North American Champion. Um, let's. The first match was the tag match, man. Uh, Joe, how did you feel? Does this stack up with other great tag team matches that they have had for these tag titles in NXT? Yeah, I think so. Um, if I'm going uh, right from the start to give my how many fucks? Yeah, if you want to, go for it. I would say. Eight fucks out of ten. Eight fucks. He given. gave eight fucks. Um, that's a whole lot of fucks. That's a good amount of fucks. To me, uh, <laughs> it was almost maybe that. Because uh, I, I thought the previous couple Gargano-Champa matches were, were better than this one. So this might have been like maybe tied for my favorite match of the night. We're, oh, we're talking to the... Okay. You know what I'm saying? The, like, the tag team matches? Tied with the main event as far as like my... For the match of the night. Yeah. So, um, like, I know, like, Orlando and I were talking about it a bit uh, when we got to the bar on Sunday for SummerSlam, and uh, he said he liked the match, but there was, like, a couple things, like, psychology-wise that he didn't like. For example, like, when uh, Trent Seven kind of bossed up uh, on everybody when he was in the ring by himself, and he did, like, the one-arm pickup powerbomb and a couple other big power moves that, like, 
you don't really see Trent Seven do a lot, you know. Right, yeah. And you know, Orlando and I get what Orlando's saying. He's saying, you know, if 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 that fat pudgy fuck is doing shit like that, what's left for like the big guys on the card left to do? And I get that, but um at the same like I know also like Orlando said he hadn't been watching NXT in a while, you know, but like uh in their last match, Undisputed Era tried to hurt Trent Seven, you know. Yeah. Um Tyler Bay had to throw in the towel, they jacked up his knee. So to me, I thought after I thought about what Orlando said, I thought, well, in this situation, I'm going to give it a break because Trent Seven's fired up because they tried to hurt him in the last match. So he's got a reason to really boss up on these guys. So right. to me, maybe in a, a normal situation normal where there wasn't such a grudge, uh, I'd probably tend to agree with Orlando. But to me, there was a lot of heat going this into this one, and he had a reason to fire up like that. So... I don't know. I liked it. I was impressed with Trent Seven by doing that stuff, actually. So, to me, it was a great match. Z. (coughs) Unlike Joe, I give zero (coughs) fucks what Orlando thinks. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Damn. uh, I would give this match seven. Seven Seven fucks. (laughs) Trent Seven (laughs) fucks? (laughs) Ew! (laughs) Wasn't going there, but... Damn, that was good. Yeah, no... A uh, good match, and it made me give seven fucks. So I mean, it's it's pretty up there. Nice. It was a great show opener too. I mean, it yeah, it was a way to kick off the the night. I know hot. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I like about NXT the most is they know how to book a show to keep it. Like, I, I lo- and I love Tyler Bate. I just love watching yeah. him wrestle. That that, yeah, that kid's he, amazing. He's so dude. good, and every, like, there's no wasted motion. He's very fluid in the ring. He's, I mean, I'm a huge fan, and he's very young. Like he's yeah, got, he's got a. Nice he's only going to get better. Yeah, I was going to say, he's dude's got, a, he's got a fucking powerhouse. You know. I, so I how agree. many fucks did you give, Mikey? Uh, eight, man. I gave this eight because I agree. It was a great show opener. There was a lot of back and forth. Um, the ending of the match, it played into the psychology of a lot of stuff that was going on previous with these guys, including the towel throwing in by Tyler Bate. Yeah. Uh, you know, which, uh, I'm sorry, by Trent Seven when Tyler's inj- leg was injured the last time that when they no, lost. No, vice versa. It was vice versa? Okay, I was right. Tyler Bate threw the towel in. For Trent Seven, yeah, that's what was, I said. And this time and it was Trent Seven. Trent was about to, but then he didn't. Yeah, so, so yeah, it was it was really good, man. I, I thought the the psychology of it was great. It was not uh, my favorite match of the card. It's not even my high, it's not my highest rated match of the card. Uh, obviously, more of that we'll get into as well. Uh, Smitty gave this match a seven, just to give everyone a heads up. Uh, or unfortunately, Orlando has been busting his butt all day uh, with those tide sticks. So he to get all of the stains out of his white ring gear. So we don't have his. You know, just that makes yet. it sound like he's doing something real dirty with tide sticks. No, he's just trying to get his stains out of his ring gear. Uh, next match was EC3 versus the Velveteen Dream, and Velveteen Dream got himself a motherfucking mm. win on a takeover. Finally, in a decent looking match. Uh. I'll talk, I'll, Z, I want you to start with this one. All right, going into this match, I I gave nine fucks. That's going in, like the build and everything behind mm-hmm. it. Plus, I, I'm a real big fan of Dream. Um, <clears throat> after it, I give it about six fucks. So um, six total? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Dream was still impressive. I just don't think these two had the right chemistry. So at times, there were things in the match that looked clunky. But there was also things like uh, Dream selling a couple of EC3 moves that 
I mean, it just made EC3 look like a million dollars, even though he, you know, took the took the loss. So, I mean, it was a really good match. This is of all the dream matches I've watched. This is by far the worst, mm-hmm. which, which it still wasn't a bad match. But this is, you know, hands down the worst match I've seen out of him, and it was still a good match. So I give I give a six fucks. Okay, Joe. Man, I pretty much agree with Z wholeheartedly on this. Um, the build, the build going into this, as Z said, was awesome. Uh, you know the uh, pool scene. Yeah, <laughs> um, some of that stuff was really funny. I thought they had good chemistry and the vignettes and the build. But as Z said, when it when that when it made its way to the ring, um, the match itself was clunky. Um, I just don't think they worked well together. Um, they, like I said, promo wise, vignette wise, I thought they had good chemistry, but physic physicality in the ring, I just don't think they they gelled. Um, I thought Dream was if you're going to pick an all star of the match, it would have to be Dream. I thought even though he's young and EC3 is a veteran, I, I still felt like Dream kind of carried this thing. Um. And, you know, and all that being said, I'm just still, after all these years, you know, of EC3 being in a TNA Impact and all that, and I, I'm just not sold on the guy. Really? To, I mean, uh, why? I don't know. He, he just doesn't do it for me. Um, he doesn't look like a dude that should be as ripped as he is. He, like, he, he, he looks goofy. And you know? I, of all the of all the name changes in wrestling that have been done over the years, like, why would they not? disconnect him from the Carter named like really well I agree with that however and he's been no more it's kind of like Triple H like you know what I'm saying like it used I know to be it, don't, it doesn't me. stand for that anymore I right, get yeah. but still man I would I would want to separate myself from that as far as possible disassociate myself with that as yeah, that, much as that's possible how he made his name though yeah. I mean and, and at the time I mean I, I mean, people, I people like him. I don't know why. Me either. People like him, but people like him. <laughs> I was uh, I was telling Orlando like uh, when he when he makes his entrance and he points at you know the initials of his name and then he points at the three and then turns around and looks towards the ring and the camera and all that. I, he just looks so derpy. I I, I thought yep. he I, I think like every time that he does that he looks like uh, Kurt Angle looked when he came out with the shield. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Seriously, like when I see EC3, I almost like, and I know he's not, because like, like I said, like I enjoyed like his vignettes, and it, you know his his pre match work with the Dream, and but I know he's not, but it, it appears to like sometimes he just has this look like he's kind of like dumb, just like yeah. slow almost. No, no, like actually, like yeah. derpy, like. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, his hair's all messed up. He, he just yeah. looks goofy as fuck to me. Like, I agree. I've always thought when he, his he hair comes started, off as yeah. like a he tries to be like a player GQ type person, but to me he's almost a caricature of that. Yeah, a caricature I, on steroids. I one hundred percent agree with you because when I started watching him and he came out with his hair all fucking disheveled and stuff, I was like, "What? I don't, just I don't get this dumbass look no, on his face." Uh, like, and I don't get it. Like, if he wanted, if he like you know slicked back his hair and everything like that and tried to be 
kind of what he was in TNA. I get it. It's, he's kind of trying to stay away from his TNA character. But, dude, you look like you should be rocking a suit. Dude. You look like you should be, you know, going above and beyond and being all pretty and everything. Especially the way you're, when you're ta- talking like you're the top 1%. And you look like, you don't even look like an eccentric millionaire. You look like an eccentric millionaire's kid who decided Molly was the best thing in the fucking world. Yeah, dude, three dude, times a day. I'm kind of shook. He looks like a straight up window licker, man. <laughs> Seriously, dude. <laughs> snozberries yeah, dude. <laughs> um, so, so, are you giving the match a six as well? Yeah, yeah. You um, get- on a side note, I'm giving ten fucks about Dreams Tights. Yeah, Does that call me up, Vince. D- up and did, so oh, good. Oh, did, and did you amazing. hear the way uh, Trip like deferred questions from that? Like, no, no. <laughs> um, he basically kind of just played it off like you know he, he could have been like talking to his friend vince he didn't necessarily <laughs> mean like vince you know like he's trying to kayfabe it you know um because that's a ballsy fucking move to yeah. do that like and and when i and at the end of the match he's pointing to his ass like come on i know when when he was uh uh when he was making his entrance and i noticed that you know i was like i was like man I wonder if he's gonna take some heat for that in the back. <laughs> like, like I wonder if some guys are they gonna wouldn't have let him go out with the with the tights. I don't know. Like, uh, Trip kind of like made it seem like that he didn't know, like it wasn't cleared or something. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's exactly. I guarantee you, Trip made it seem like that. I so, but you know, who knows so, where the kayfabe starts and ends I, there? You know, I, I, who yeah. knows? Maybe he did. Maybe he. I mean, he's smart. Uh, he's very smart, as far as I'm concerned, and. You know, maybe he went out and instead of asking for permission, he'll just. That beg, was beg great, though. I mean, yeah, I'm, but I'm, even if it got some heat, it, it's, wor- it's worth the heat that it got because I'm sure it has a lot of people talking. I uh, refuse I to believe that. you, though, if it was bad, they would have called an audible and he wouldn't have won that match. I refuse to believe that. You got a good point there. Triple H is disrespected in any way with that NXT roster. And if you he went into if if Dream went into business for himself with those tights, that might not be going into business for himself. Just maybe he got his tights airbrushed and didn't get cleared again. If he got that, it's still going into business for yourself. You're still trying to get called up, so you're going above Triple H. Ooh. That's one hundred percent. What if that's a storyline? Oh, that could f- be fine. It could play into that, but I refuse to believe that, especially Velveteen Dream, who's been being put over and over and over by. All of this WWE talent and Triple H. So good, though. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to recognize. Another one, like as we were talking earlier about Tyler Bate, just a fucking kid. You know, these kids are 23 years old. You know, when I was 23 years old, I was barely a fucking person, dude. Like, well, I mean, not much has changed. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, dude. I mean, these guys, these guys have like accomplished way more than. Any of us ever will at, yeah, at yeah. the at ripe young age 22, of 20, 22, 23 years old, dude. Uh, Smitty gave an eight for this match. Of course I, he did. Dream I, one over. I give it a seven. Well, that's right. Yeah, because a black guy won. <laughs> Surprised he didn't give it a ten. A fucking ten. Uh, I gave it a seven because Billy very much so along the lines with you guys. It, 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 EC3 was my problem in this match. It wasn't yeah. Dream. Dream going over was great. I, I felt it was very much needed. Uh, even when we were doing our picks, you know, I think I was the only one to pick Dream, and everyone was like, they, they never give him a win. And I'm like, it's got to be fucking time. So I, I just like, I hedge my bets on him, man. You know, I, and I understand your train of thought because the same thought went through my head when picking, but then I was like, no, like, 
they're going to give it to EC3. Like, I thought they were going to give EC3 the, the, you know, let him go over in this match just to prove it. Plus, Dream has built such a reputation for putting on good matches, he didn't necessarily need to yeah, win. Yeah, as right. much as I'm, like, not a fan of EC3, he probably needed this win more. Because, like Z just said, like, Dream's over no matter whether he wins or not. You yeah, know? He, he, he was like he was on a losing streak at TakeOvers, and everyone wanted to see Dream regardless, so... Yeah, I mean they're gonna want to see him just as bad. I mean they would if he would have lost the match, you know. Right. Can't, uh, can't really say that about EC3. Like, where does EC3 go from here? Exactly. Uh, Cole Adam Cole versus Ricochet for the NXT North American Championship. Ricochet goes over. I'm gonna kick this one off. I this is my highest match of the night. I gave it a nine straight up. I thought this match was damn near close to perfection. I thought the way Cole and Ricochet played off of each other, the super kick during the flip, it was, <laughs> there, was, was awesome. there was just so many moments for this match that I was just, I was in awe. There was also a little bit, a couple slip-ups. It wasn't the perfect match, but it was so fucking good. It shows exactly why Adam Cole was trusted to be the first ever North American champion and why Ricochet is going to do a phenomenal job as the next one for he's, a little he's bit. He's got to get better on his promos. And that's fine. But right now his in-ring work is is stellar. Well, yeah. No one would ever dispute that right. about him. What, what are you, uh, Smitty also gave this a nine. Joe, what are you giving it? Um, God, I wasn't even thinking about this one when I was talking about the tag match. I was thinking about the main event. <laughs> I know. It's probably going to be like a three-way tie. That's so you're going to give this an eight as well? Yeah. Because it was... Yeah, it was very good. Okay. Z? <clears throat> nah, I give it nine fucks. I mean, I, I knew it was going to be a good match, and it definitely met and exceeded my expectations of the match. And the one thing that was uh, stick in my mind is when he gets booted in the face while he's upside down. <laughs> and, uh, and, and even on the replay, man, like, I don't know if he actually did fucking get him, but it looks like he fucking What timing, him. man? He got him, like, right yeah. in the neck, like, right under the chin. And I mean, and, and that was just one of, you know, m- many different things that amazed me during that match. Just yeah. as far, you know, as, as far as how well they worked together, the story they told in the ring. The the whole deal. I mean, it was by far the best match on the card. Yeah, I have all kinds of praises to sing about this match, and <clears throat> I can't wait to see what these two do going forward. Because obviously, there's going to be some sort of rematch somewhere down the line for the North American Championship. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to. Eh, no, they already did. They do the tech, the NXT Takeover show yet? All right, Chicago one. Yes, they did Chicago. Chicago's with Money in the Bank, right? Yeah. Okay. So the next one is Survivor Series. So yeah, it's very possible you see because you'll get the rematch at Survivor Series, then some sort of setup to where I feel Adam Cole's gonna at the NXT Takeover for Mania. Yeah, no, the one I think for he's, Survivor Series is War Games. Oh, War Games. Okay, yeah. I, I they might not be. He might not be involved in that. You never know. But again, it's very possible that you see the other three members of you know the era. Undisputed Era, or and Adam have, Cole doing facing Ricochet for a rematch for that. Quite honestly, I think you're going to see Era defend the titles at the next takeover versus War Raiders, and then they're going to bring Era up or Rumble to face the Shield. Ta-da. Oh, God, I hope not. Uh, up next, 
NXT Women's Championship match. Kyrie Sane took the NXT Women's title off of Shayna Baszler by doing a backflip while being locked into the submission move and pinned Baszler one, two, three with Ronda and the other horsewomen on the side. Joe, how'd you feel about this one? Uh, I don't know. It didn't do much for me. It's probably the worst match on the card. Mm-hmm. So probably five fucks out of ten. Really? Just average for you? Yeah. Yeah, especially because this is the third time they faced each other. You'd have figured there would have been like bigger blow-off moment or something. I don't know. It was just kind of like a quick reverse roll-up pin, mm-hmm. kind of anticlimactic, and there's, I don't know, no, to me, I can't, like, think of any memorable points of that match. Can you? There's a couple, I mean... The elbow on the side of the apron. Yeah. The I mean, it, it wasn't a, an awful match, but I get what you're saying. Like, it was, it was bland. It was stuck right in the middle between a bunch of other great matches. Yeah. So, I mean, even, which is probably where exactly where it should have been. No, no, a- absolutely. I'm not saying it shouldn't have been there. I'm just saying you don't really remember much about this match because this was just a normal match where the underdog, you know, David versus Goliath and Carrie, you know, Kyrie hit her with a stone and that was the end of it. Um, yeah. What was your, what was your rating for it? Uh, yeah, of all the fucks I could give, I also give it half, so five fucks. Um, I, again, also the worst match on the card for me, and I went back and rewatched this match because I was like, man, I agree, I was right there with you guys, I was like, man, this just doesn't stand out, but there's no way that this is just a meh match for me, and that's what I would look at it as. I'd look at a five as, this didn't underwhelm me, and it didn't do anything great for me. It... It sold Shayna's strength, and it and it also kept in with Kyrie's tenacity. I thought the way that these two girls tried their best to do a, this match, I don't think it was as good as the May Young Classic final. I uh, I'm very happy that Kyrie won it. Kyrie won it in a way that only the only way possible that Baszler could lose it without looking weak, and that was just a quick. I have my submission on you, and you just fucking scored a pinfall out of me out of nowhere. Any other way that Baszler would have lost this match if she would have taken Kyrie's finisher it would have made her look like she was a little bit you know on the weaker side after having such a dominating run of for so many months against so many different people so the fact that she took it in that quick little reverse roll-up way sets up to where Shayna could be if she's going to get called up for Survivor Series right and they do a rematch on an NXT television show and Kyrie wins with the elbow. It plays into Shayna. It can play into Shayna's uh, anger and her emotion going into the match. So I gave it a seven. I thought I didn't. Again, I did not think it was spectacular, but I didn't think it was just meh either or underwhelming. So I personally gave it a seven. Uh, Smitty gave it a six point five. He gave it more than he's given everything more than everyone. What made. exactly is half a fuck? I mean, yeah, you know, whatever. It's a fuck. It's a fa. He gave it a fuck fa. <laughs> or maybe he gave, he gave it a ka. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. He tries to stay from those hard Ks. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Finally, Ciampa and Gargano in a last man standing match for the NXT Championship. 
Tomasa Ciampa retains by getting to his feet at the last second. Z, I'm going to lead this off with you because you sang the praises of this and you and I are going to no, have a nice no, little back you, and forth. You, you should lead this one off and tell me why you hated the end of the uh, Okay, of so, the all right, fine. I'll fucking lead this off. This match was another instant classic from Gargano and Ciampa. I loved every fucking thing about this match until the end. When Ciampa was handcuffed and his knees were down and the ref was counting and when the ref is at nine, Johnny Gargano decides to knee fucking Ciampa and fall and destroy his knee. Not when the ref was at two or three. He didn't just do it. He literally did it when all he had to do was just stand there because Ciampa wasn't moving and he would have won the match. I thought it completely because the whole build for this is Gargano's like, oh, the reason you won last time is because I was caught in my emotions. That's not going to happen this time. The whole time, every build for this, he said, he he was straight up saying, I know what I have to do. I know what I have to do. And then at the end of the fucking match, didn't do what he had to do. And in even stupider fashion, was at a nine count. If it was at a five count, four count, three count, I'd have been like, oh, that's fucked up. You got caught up in your emotions again. You just couldn't wait. But it was literally right then. It was a nine count. And he runs forward, smashing his knee into Ciampa's face and the stuff behind him. Worst fucking ending to this match. Killed, pissed me the fuck off. It threw me completely off for this match because I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that happened and I was like, what in the actual fuck would you do that for? Period. So my rating for this, I gave it a fucking eight because I still thought it was a great match. But while I would have had it up there as a nine as well, that fucking killed. It was just, it took away all believability I had in that match. But Everything, it, but it played right into the what the storyline's been the entire time. <laughs> no, it didn't. Um, Gargano once again. If it wasn't at nine, emo- hold on, hold on, listen. Gargano once again let his emotions get the best of him. He was one second away from winning, but he wanted to smash this motherfucker's face. Ends up flipping over him through the fuck. It, it, it looked like he landed on that pretty fucking hard. You know, he- but but he took one right to the gut, fell down. And right at nine, fucking Ciampa, who's handcuffed to the barricade, literally just rolls off the platform and is on his feet. Now, I'm not saying it's the best end to a last man standing match, but it's one I haven't seen before. And in today's wrestling, that doesn't happen a lot. So they they get a lot of credit for that from me because if you can show me something I haven't seen in wrestling, I'm impressed. You've never seen somebody stand up at the last second when both men were down for the last. Now, while they're handcuffed to a, a staging area, like I mean, here's the thing: I knew what was about to happen, but I didn't care. Like I, I was like, "Oh, this is how it's going to end," and it's exactly how I had thought it was going to end, but I didn't care because of the presentation of the match. Yeah, I, it just it threw me all out of it. Plus, it also makes it look like okay. Ciampa's still your champion. Gar- Gargano still looked good. He just looked really stupid at the end. So he's got some work to do. To play into a different storyline, they might even carry this one out. I, You know, if they would have maybe – if Ciampa would have stayed on that stage and it would have been a double count and they both would have lost or – I, I'll give you that. that, I, that, I, may have, that I may have been less would, upset about it. That would you have know, been a better ending because I, was like, because I was thinking that too. I was like, I've never seen like both men not get up. Other than like AJ Styles and Nakamura when they kick each other in the balls, right, but, but in, that a, wasn't a last in a last man, man yeah, in a last man standing match, I've never seen it where both 
opponents. And and in this storyline, that would have played great, but they didn't do it. They did this, and it was still different than something else they normally do. Mm-hmm. Joe? I, I don't know how much truth there is to this, but I did hear something that to the effect of that there was a different finish planned, but Gargano might have actually injured himself before that spot and they had to call an audible on the finish. Hmm. Now, I don't know. Like I said, that's just some dirt sheet stuff. I don't know how much validity there is to that, if it's true or not, or how much truth there is to that. But I I did read something to that effect. Hey, even so, the way he was clutching his knee at the end, now put him out for a year and have him come back and attack Ciampa on the main roster and carry out this fucking feud. And the best part about this feud is this is this is like John Cena. I mean, John Cena and Randy Orton was a great feud. Like when those two were feuding as diabolic it, it brought out diabolic Randy Orton, and I love diabolic Randy Orton. Um, I'm saying this is like one of those classic feuds where they can literally fight as many times, and I will not care because I know it's going to be a good match and the build's going to be good. Like everything about it's going to be good. Nothing about it is going to be shit. So I'm on Sports Keto right now after what you just said, Joe, <clears throat> and they're saying that it was changed and admittedly so by Triple H. So I'm just going to read. This is, again, uh, Anurban Banjiri is the guy on Sports Keto that uh, gave this, said, uh, what's the story? NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4, the main event saw Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa continue their feud in a last man standing match. The stakes were even higher for their encounter this time with the NXT Championship hanging in the balance. The finish of the bout seemed to come out of nowhere, and while Gargano rolled around on the ground clutching his knee, Ciampa got back to his feet, picking up the win. After TakeOver... On the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4 conference call, Triple H talked about the main event match between Gargano and Ciampa. He said Gargano legitimately got hurt in the match, which might have changed, which might have changed the finish. Uh, the match between Johnny and Ciampa was a brutal one, to say the least. Neither men held back during their bout, letting the other feel their pent-up anger. There were callbacks to moments during their previous bout, such as the use of the crutch, of the ring padding being removed, and the use of handcuffs, to name a few. In the finish of the match, Gargano hit Ciampa across the face with his knee, but the momentum sent him tumbling into boxes and equipment where it looked like he had hurt himself. Mauro Ronaldo later revealed that Gargano had apparently dislocated his knee. Gargano and Ciampa's matchup was already supposed to be a triple threat, but had to be changed after Aleister Black was injured. During the conference call, Triple H revealed the ending to Gargano match had not been what it was initially planned. Quote, Sometimes something happens in a match that you weren't expecting. It just works out better. Sometimes it's not everything you expect it to be. Clearly, I wasn't planning on Gargano Gargano injuring himself in the last sequence of that match. Did it play into it? Yeah. Technically, that was supposed to go slightly different than it all did. We kind of had to make the call on the fly and change a few things in the actual moment. He continued to say that in the end, no one realized during these moments what changes had to be made other than people who had put it together. What his reply does not reveal is if Gargano was supposed to win and his injury led to a last-minute change in the decision or if Ciampa was meant to retain the championship in some other manner. So, yeah. Obviously, oh, something so changed. he, like, legit hurt himself on that, in that fall and all that shit. Yeah. I, I mean, it looked like he did. So. And again, I'm going to tell you this. That doesn't change my fucking opinion because I still say that shit shouldn't have happened before that. If the match... Again, I don't know, man. I, it, I'm still, I'm still, and I, and I say John Cena shouldn't have tried to rock bottom the rock, but you know what? Then we got the rematch the following year. <laughs> <laughs> what did you rate this match, Z? 
Eight. Eight fucks. Joe? Also eight. Also eight. Because it still wasn't better than Ricochet and Cole. I, I agree. I I think Ricochet and Cole is the match of the card. I thought easily, easily the match of the card. So that means uh, Smitty gave it a seven. <laughs> Yeah, he gave Champa Gargano a fucking seven. Seven. What do you? What did he give Dream again? An eight. Oh, figures. <laughs> Makes sense. Ridiculous. <laughs> uh, so overall, for these matches, the call for the undisputed era versus. The um, Mustache Mountain, we give a grand total of a 7-5, right? For the Dream versus EC3 match, we give it a 6.75. For Cole versus Ricochet, Joe being the only non-9 <laughs> we give it an 8.75. And then for Baszler versus Kyrie saying Smitty's 6.5 is just weird, but we accept Smitty for being weird. 5.875. <laughs> I know it's just that's why I'm laughing. It's like, what the shit? If you guys are wondering, that's a sixteenth of an inch on a fucking ruler. <laughs> <laughs> why do you know that? Because I got to make uh, conversions at work, so you got to do the decimal to the inch. Or and an inch or of an we inch. gave Champa Gargano a 7.75. So collectively, Cole Ricochet is top match. Champa Gargano. Wait, so Smitty brought that match down by 0.25? Yeah. That f- Usa. <laughs> <laughs> why, you, why are you mad, bro? Because Smitty doesn't think sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go ahead and get into all of the SummerSlam fun. The pre-show match, is just there's just a lot to cover. So we want to do it in one segment. We don't want to split anything. So we're going to take a break right now. And then when we come back, you all right, man? Drop my phone. Joe dropped his phone, everybody. Damn it, Joe. It's a good thing you're a gorgeous human being. Gorgeous freaking human being. So, yeah, we want to get into everything for the uh, – SummerSlam. We don't want to take a break during it, so we will take a break right now, and then when we come back, we are going to get into the entire SummerSlam. Keep listening, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, you are still listening to the most inappropriate wrestling show in history. You're listening to Breaking Down the Ring. We are back. Uh, as a recap for the first little bit of the show, we did the NX, we did our NXT TakeOver discussion where we gave our first official fucks to our rating system. And if you weren't listening, we will tell you again, the Undisputed Era versus Mustache Mountain to kick off the show got seven and a half fucks. Velveteen Dream versus EC3 got 6.75 fucks. Cole, Adam Cole versus Ricochet for the North American uh, Championship, 8.75 fucks. Baszler versus Sane for the NXT Women's Championship, 5.875 fucks. 
And Ciampa versus Gargano was 7.75 fucks. Now we're going to get into SummerSlam. A lot to discuss. We're going to try and move forward with it because we've got some stuff to talk about on Raw. We've got some stuff to talk about on SmackDown. And we know how fucking interested you all are to hear our opinion on justice returning and justice for all. Ride the lightning. Yeah. Metallica references. <laughs> A little off track with that one. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, SummerSlam pre-show kicked off with Selena, Vega, Andrade, Cien, and Almas versus Rusev and Lana Days. Uh, Z, go for this one. <clears throat> well, <laughs> I, give, I give about three fucks about this match. Three. Yep. Lana, Selena, Vega, and uh, Rusev Day. <laughs> three fucks. Uh <laughs> I don't know, man. I I wasn't really interested in this match. Can't say I was really paying attention. That's why it gets such a low rating. Um, from what I did, like go back and watch, I didn't really miss anything. So, so you're saying you you only give fucks about three participants in this match? Correct. So you don't give a fuck about Andrade Cien Almas? No. He's fucking tranquilo, dude. Zero, <laughs> zero, zero fucks. Man, what the fuck's wrong you, with you? What'd you give with Joe? How many fucks do you give about this match? Probably three, but not for that reason. <laughs> not, not for the three participants that Z's referring to. Um, it just... See, to me, if you're going to single out three, it'd be all the three but Lana, because the, the other three, everyone in that match but Lana can work. So, like... It's like the weakest link in a chain, wrestling, which, is, which is Lana. Wrestling subjective. You can watch it for women's wrestling, and I can watch it for two broads that really can't wrestle. Zelina Vega can fucking work. Well, he, not, no, he no one. No, the Divas era. No, 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 no. I did not. Um, what I'm saying is, although Lana sucks in the ring, and she sucks so bad, she she made Zelina Vega look like shit. And I I know that Zelina Vega is actually good. Um. But I also know that she's probably the hottest diva on the roster. I mean, that's just Lana. No. Well, I mean, honestly, those two are probably Zelina, probably the most natural, naturally pretty girls on the show. Everybody else is kind of full of makeup and shit. But anyways, Mandy Rose, man. Yeah, she's pretty solid too. But (laughs) she wasn't on this pay per view, Joe. They would've, it would've I would have paid to view her. She would. It would have got five fucks, guys. Two whole fucks difference. Um, yeah, I mean, I know Lana can't wrestle. Everyone knows Lana can't wrestle. Lana knows that Lana <laughs> can't wrestle. So she ended with the roll up with the Vega with their feet on the ropes, mm-hmm. rolling up Lana. The first of many. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to we're going to get to that. We're going we're definitely going to get to that. Um, Smitty gave it a fi- gave five fucks about this match. Really? I gave six. Really? Yeah, I really? say I yeah, say yeah. six really? because one, it did not it didn't make Omis or Rusev look weak. It was like the That's... only the only way you could do this without making either of them look bad. Um Lana, of course, took the fall, but she took the fall by slapping Andrade and then Zelina getting behind her. You know, it, it, it told a decent story to me. The way I the way I look at the way I'm looking at these is not how much I give a shit about the match, but what they did in the match. Because I agree, if I was going off of just how much I gave a fuck about this match, I would have probably been like two or three as well. I had but, that mentality yeah. when, and I sucked this time making picks, obviously. Mm. But I actually was correct in my mentality because I had that mentality when I was picking this match. I was like, well, they're not going to make Rusev or Andrade 
look bad. Mm-hmm. So neither of them are taking the fall. And I kind of got a feeling Rusev Day is going to lose. So Lana's getting pinned. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what happened. You know, I thought that Rusev, when I did it, I thought Almas was winning as well. <clears throat> but I thought that Rusev was going to take the pin because of Aiden. Because they're pushing Almas, you know? Turning on him. I really thought that he was going to be finally sick of it and turn. See, I, I was, didn't even think about that, really. So that was that was how I went about the picks. Um, the match started off with them, you know, uh, hitting the ropes and, you know, laying there and Zelina getting under Almas doing the same thing to which Rusev and Lana responded with the crush thing in the corner, you know, and while it was silly, it it played into the, them looking like we're not intimidated by you. And that's what it was because Zelina and Almas, that's all they talk about is how you should fear us. And we got no problem with you, blah, blah, you know, you're not going to be a problem and you, we are better than you. So. I didn't think the match sucked. You know what I'm saying? And that's also a real strong point on how I look at it. I didn't think uh, Lana was a complete shit show in the ring. And if I did think that, this match would have gotten something under five to me. But I thought that it it was what it was. The match wrestling-wise didn't blow inside of it. But it also – and it also made sense what happened. So that's why I gave it a six. Because when I give something a five, like I said, I'm just going to assume middle of the bar, wrestling was okay. It You know, it as long as there's not a whole bunch of blown spots, that's when I'm going to start going under a five. Otherwise, you're just a meh. Because we got the Meltzer scale, and Meltzer's middle is three. You know, and that's like, okay. If it gets under the three – his middle two and a half? Or, or six, six? Oh, yeah, I guess. Cause he, or, is, or is it seven? Oh, three yeah, I, you're right. I don't know where eight, the fuck his middle is. His middle used to be two and a half. Yeah, because he used to give zeros. Now, now he's gonna Nobody hear, knows Now he's going to hear our show and want to do like 11 fucks. Right, we're going to do 11. We're going to give 11 stars. So I gave it a six. Uh, Cedric Alexander versus Drew Gulak for the Cruiserweight Championship. Joe. Um, I don't know. It's it's tough because I like both these guys, and 205 Live has been considerably better as of late, but still, for some reason, I wasn't very invested in this match. Uh, there was some speculation that Cedric might drop the title because of uh, the tweets that we spoke mm-hmm. about in the previous show. What, what tweets? Uh, him and... Uh, Ty Dillinger, Made someone some rape jokes. dug up tweets, literally some fucking asshole, <laughs> dug up tweets from like six or eight years ago or some shit, and Ty Dillinger I, I think said- think Cedric's is worse, though. Ty Dillinger said something like- uh, It's not rape. It's not rape if they're sleeping or something. Was that Ty? I thought that was Seds. Or, yeah, one of them said it's not rape if they're sleeping, and the other one said it's not rape if you yell surprise. I mean, it's clearly a joke, right? I'm- People get, dude. Come on, it's a joke. People need to relax. I mean, right? I agree. I, I, I know. I know. I and I think you're right. I people do take shit out of context. But hey. then again, there are creepy <laughs> fucks that actually think what they're saying. So it's yeah, but it's a gray. Area. Those two guys aren't aren't it. I mean, it's oh quite, no, I, I. But you. But do you know that for sure? Have you watched enough Law and Order SVU to be the judge? <laughs> No, no. I, I have. I don't watch that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I mean, uh, you know, so I, taking that into consideration, I, I thought for a second maybe 
Gulak might win because of that. Like, they'd strip Cedric. But then I was thinking, you know what? That'd be a fucking shitty reason to strip Alexander the title. Mm -hmm. Or not strip him, but make him lose. Yeah. So I was like, no, he's not losing because of that. They're just going to disregard that. And and, and he won. And... uh, but they still kept Gulak looking strong. Uh, roll up number two <laughs> in a row. Finish. Um, but wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah, th- there will be more. Um, it's coming very quickly. Too. So I guess. Uh, Damn it! I can't really point out any flaws of the match. It just didn't like jump out and grab me. So I'll, I'll give it a a, um, a six. Fucks. Six. Mister Z. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm not really <clears throat> sure. Going into this match, I would have given it zero fucks, hundred and ten percent, zero investment in either character. Um, I don't even really watch two hundred five live. Uh, and yeah, I mean, plus pre-show was going on. I was eating pizza. It was you know wasn't really paying attention. But I will say this: I my answer is five fucks for this match because by the end of the match, I was intently glued watching because it was it was a a good match, very solid, very sound. They put on a good show. Um, I, you know, like it it impressed me, like it it made me want to watch it. And I and going in, I had zero intent on watching it. Like this, this is going to be my, ba- my bathroom break well, match. Going into it, the storyline, um, Brian Kendrick and Jack Gallagher were like heavily involved in this thing on the side of Drew Gulak. And they didn't have, you know, they didn't even show up. They didn't show their faces at all. I, I thought they might interfere. I, I picked them as unscheduled appearances. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I I was a little bit disappointed in that. Not only, not only because my picks didn't pan out, but I mean, they really they played a heavy part in this. I just thought they might continue playing a part in the storyline. So, I thought that was like a if I had to like that was, if I had to pick something off like a little a little off psychology wise, I'd have probably had you know one one or both of them do do a run in or something at some point. Not necessarily to give Gulak the win, but just to you know. That's the story that they presented building this thing, building this match. They should have followed it through. Right. Uh, I gave this match a five right there in the fucking center because I did like this match. And it was another finish problem that made me drop the way I felt about this match. Because when they were doing roll up after roll up after roll up, like in the middle of it, Drew Gulak forgot and just laid there. And then Cedric, like he's laying face down on the mat and said like, uh, and they had to do like three pulls before Drew like was like, oh, oh yeah, let me jump to this roll up and get. I was like, you guys just killed it for me, man. Like y- y- it was another fuck up, you know. But this one was someone forgetting something rather than uh the way a match ended. So I give it, I give it five because again, just like you, Joe, I really agree. Two hundred five live has leaps and bounds performed better than what it had previously, and. I'm really excited for how this goes. It sucks that it seems like they're still kind of burying 205 Live yeah, on like, the main card. Like it, you're it, right, they, I, you're, the two other guys should have shown. It's it but is, if Drew Gulak won, I would see see them showing. It's it's better leaps and bounds than what it what it has. But I'm st- I'm still having a hard time becoming invested in that brand because 
I guess the comp- hour of wrestling. Well, that have to not watch. only that, but the company itself does not put any importance on that brand. Mm-hmm. It's never featured on anything higher than a pre-show match on a pay-per-view ever. Um, like 205 matches used to occur on Raw. That doesn't happen anymore. Which uh, I'm fine with. Though. Right. But they, they have to find a way to make that brand more important some other way, and they're not doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the product itself is better, but as far as just like marketing and you know, giving you a reason to want to watch it, they're you know they're not they're not hitting that area. Right, I agree with you. Yeah, they're they're definitely failing in that. Uh, next match is the final match that was on your pre-show. It was the B team versus the Revival for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Uh, oh, by the way, Smitty gave Alexander and Drew Gulak an eight. Black eye syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say it. Uh, Any mediocre match that gets an eight, I guarantee there was a black participant. Just, and one. Just, just <laughs> yeah, um, lost, it yeah and he won. If so. he would have lost, it would have been Yeah, if two. he lost, it would have been like a four or some shit. <laughs> uh, Z, B-team versus Revival. Oh, man. Um... I'm sorry, did you guys say you were sick of roll-ups? Too bad! Here's another! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so for roll-up number three. (laughs) Three in a row, too, man. Right in a row, one after another, dude. All on the pre-show, too. Like, hey, guys, we're going to get them out of the way early. They just such devalue those matches. You know, it's it's clearly, it's obvious with the the way they're booked. I mean, God. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Go on. Um... (laughs) I really like the B team as the tag team champions. Go, go, go. I like <laughs> I like their little string of victories due to uh you know, dumb luck or whatever it may be. Um so I give seven fucks about this match. Seven fucks. Seven fucks. Seven fucks, seven fucks, seven fucks. Joe. Uh yeah, I'm a fan of the B team. I like their I like the way that they uh they gel together on screen. They work together as a team. Um but again, there was like well, can you comment anything on the build of this match? Yeah. Whatever you want, man. No, I'm saying like, oh, if, I I... Asked, if I asked if I asked you to oh, yeah. comment on the build of this oh. match, what would you say? It it was weird because they had to write the Hardy out. They they had to write the leaders worlds out because of Matt Hardy's injury. I don't even know what happened there. Uh, Matt Hardy's injury? Yeah. So two uh, two things in his back are fusing together, and he's att- he's attesting it to the second rope leg drop he used to do all the time. And, you know, he would always land on his ass. Kind of why Jeff Hardy will never land on his butt anymore for the swanton. He will always give Hogan, a crouton. Hogan blames a lot of his back problems on the years uh, doing the leg drop. Yeah, and that was lower. <laughs> yeah, he's a huge yeah. dude. So uh, right now... Matt Hardy and Jason Jordan are following uh, Booker uh, Booker's not Booker's. Uh, I heard Jason Jordan might DDP? never wrestle again. Yeah, uh, DDP. No, not DDP. Not yoga. Um, match. People who put match together. I can't even fucking remember. Right Agent now. Booker's. Not Booker's. Uh, promoters. Promoters. Yes, like Jordan did the uh, I. Becky, not the Naomi, the Naomi versus Peyton Royce on SmackDown. Jason, that's Jason Jordan's call. That's agent. That, yeah, agent. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. For. Continue, but yeah, that's why they had to get out of it. So it was a weird build because 
Matt couldn't keep going. So they had to get them out. Like, I'm pretty sure it was probably supposed to be a triple threat at SummerSlam, but they had to throw that in real early to get to this. So it's kind of like an on the fly booking to where you just have to deal with it. So I kind of don't take much away from that. But they had a little bit of a backstory with the revival anyway. So it wasn't really surprising. Yeah. I mean, so it was, it was worked in kind of well, but, and when you're asking to the build for that, that's why it was wonky. And going in, you, I mean, on paper, you're like, yeah, the Revival's going to kick their ass. I mean, obviously, we know better, but, you know. Yeah, that was one of the um, the very few that I actually picked correctly. I did pick the uh, B team for that one. Um, no, it was a, fu- it was a fun match. Um, it's, again, it's like uh, someone at the bar asked me, like, what other matches were going to be on the pre-show after the first two, and I, was, and I was actually, I was like, I thought it might be the SmackDown tag team. I mean, I, I, it was so like out of my, out of my brain that I forgot about the Raw tag team <laughs> championship match. And I was like, and when they came out, I was like, oh yeah, that makes more sense because like <laughs> nobody gives a fuck about this. <laughs> like, and I, but I, but I do like, I like Bo Dallas. I like Curtis Axel. Um, it's it's cool to finally see them getting over a little bit, especially Axel. I, I like they're fun to me to what they're entertaining. Yeah. Um, so even though like there wasn't a huge like amount of importance on it, I, those guys still entertain me. So I guess I'd give it a six. Six. Allie tried to tell me that uh, Bo Dallas doesn't look like Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Dude, put 50 pounds on him in a beard. <laughs> oh, bigger beard. They don't have the same chest. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> always goes back to the chest. Uh, I gave it six and a half. Fox. All the reasons that you guys so, point five. So is that like, you said five and a half, right? Six, six and a half. half. Six and a half. So that's like six fucks and a shark? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, six fucks and a jerk. Okay. <laughs> Cause there's only one participant. <laughs> that's, that's the half. <laughs> it's a jerk or a lady finger. Your choice. So, you, so you gave yourself blue balls. Good job. Yeah. That's what happens. <laughs> uh, up next, uh, Ziggler versus Rollins kicked off. The SummerSlam pay-per-view for the Intercontinental Championship. Seth Rollins won the championship with zero interference by McIntyre or Ambrose, which was awesome. A lot of people thought that Ambrose was about to turn on Seth, even in our, even in the bar. Like yeah, you the whole hear, bar, people you like, oh. Nothing. <laughs> so, and then obviously the next night on the uh, Raw proved why they didn't. Uh, I'll lead this one off. This is my favorite match on SummerSlam. The entire card. I thought these guys went at it. The inverted fucking uh, superplex into the Falcons arrow was, was so oh, good. I just gave half a fuck. The, the <laughs> right? I just jerked. Uh, <laughs> the uh, spike DDT onto the ring apron uh, as well looked really good the way they sold that. Your super, your announcers are ah, the hardest part of the ring, but he, he, it looked great when they do that. Right. I mean, it's true. We're not going to argue it, but at the same time, it's because it has the least amount of gift, but it still looked really good, especially him. There was some really fucking great spots for this, man. Did you notice just over the weekend, not even just uh, SummerSlam, but uh, TakeOver 2, how many? Let's take over four. 
Oh, you know, <laughs> you know what I fucking meant. <laughs> um, did you not notice how much they utilized? Like, yeah, there's the a shit a- ton a- of apron, apron bumps. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, like, like the I, dream, the fin- the elbow yeah. finish. No, there's a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot Jeff of Hardy with the there's a lot of things, things that dream did themselves the, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Dream did the DVD on it too. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like, the there dream was a Valley lot of driver moves. Yeah, I agree. And all of them were different. That was another thing. Like, um, you know, we made the mention about the three roll ups, the three uh, squash matches, and the two DQs for SummerSlam. But the ring apron moves were all different in all of these matches. They weren't the same. You know, there was something different for all of them. The Swanton, oh. the DDT. And, but that's what I'm saying. Like, the, so when we're talking about, have you noticed it? Yes. But at the same time, at the moment, like when we're, when we were doing our SummerSlam recap show, we were literally talking about how fucking obvious they were with the three roll ups, the three DQs, and, and the three squash matches in the 2D. It was like, it was like painfully what the shit. But you weren't after the event going, man, there was a lot of apron moves and they were all very similar, you know? No, my point was I had to hear. Yeah, it's the hardest part of the ring, like twenty times. Oh, you really, hate, you really hate hearing. I, that. I, I do, I, I really do. But it's true. It's my biggest pet peeve in wrestling right now. But it's true. Yeah, prove it. I don't think you have to prove let, it, let man. Me, let me spike bump you on the apron, and you can tell me if it's the hardest part of the ring. I'm gonna tell you this right now. I'm gonna go with it has the seeing as the middle of the ring bounces. A little bit. It has some give when you land. But it's also probably the most cushioned because it's not walked on all the goddamn time. Like, it's memory. Well, I think there's more cushion on the on the edges anyway. Okay. Just there, because it there, is there the hardest part of the ring. Yeah, right. I don't think there is. I, I do. I've seen a ring be put together. I, I've seen it. T- we, take it uh, we took one apart, and it was fucking even across. Well, if you didn't notice, that was also shriveled up because it was like uh, a ring that's been used multiple times. St- Either either way, I, I'm just saying I I don't feel like that's the worst part of the ring to take a bump on. What do you think is the ropes? What do you mean, like a like nut you, shot? You, and, well, if you and, notice, uh, SmackDown with the New Day Bludgeon Brothers match, they tore off like a part of the uh, apron padding. Yeah. Did you notice that? that? I noticed that too. And I was like, oh my God, here we go. another piece of padding there besides what they roll out across the ring. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I know know exactly what you're talking about because the minute he started dismantling that shit, I was like, oh, here we go again. (laughs) I don't remember that. I didn't catch it. Yeah, there's like, and it was just, it was just like the apron pad too. part off of the ring post. But it's like an L shape that goes onto the ring, mm-hmm. and there's a, like a yeah, it goes a, a across buffer, the edge of the ring. There's like uh, a buffer apron. between that and the ring, so like that right there is extra padded, which makes sense to me because after like Sami Zayn legitimately hurt himself from that fucking move, the uh, the KO the KO power bomb into the fucking apron. I believe they probably put more padding there or something so they could continue to do that spot. Mm. Just an assumption, though. I don't really know. All the assumptions. So, yeah, I give it an 8.5 for Ziggler and Rollins. Joe. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Uh, that was it was a great match. Um, as much of, as we've dogged Ziggler over the course of this show, at the end of the day, he really is a fantastic wrestler. Mm-hmm. I mean, Correct. He's, but he's, he cannot fucking talk. I'm liking what he's been doing lately with, with Drew McIntyre. 
It's I, been I, the most interested I've been in him in a long time. I'll, I'll give you that only because I do like I do like heel Dolph Ziggler better than I like face Dolph. Oh, Ziggler. for sure. But like with even with that promo where they brought Dean back on Raw before SummerSlam, um, he just talks too much and he he's just so bland and he's not like he. When he's talking and he talks for long periods of time, it's like he literally loses charisma, and I do not give a fuck what he is saying. But in the ring, I mean... Promos in general need to be... or Talking segments need to be cut down. In general. Yeah. Not just... I mean, company-wide. Everybody spends too much time You remember talking. back in the day when literally, like, the only promos they would cut is the inter- the quick interview right yeah, before dude, the they match, were, and then... They were no longer than a, a like, 30 seconds or yeah. a couple minutes. Like, now... People go on for five, ten, fifteen mm-hmm. minutes is ridiculous, but that's that's another topic for another day. <laughs> um, no, but I, I'm right there with you, Mike. And this match, uh, it was it was. I give it an eight, eight fucks out of ten. Um, that same spot that you mentioned earlier, the inverted Falcon Arrow, that oh, was God, that was dude. That, that, that was, was that was incredible. Um, it was just both these guys are like a spectacle to watch in the ring. Um, they work well together. It was just, it was, I don't know if I agree with you. Like if it was the best match on the card, cause I did like AJ and Joe too. <laughs> I knew that was coming just like so many picks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but it it was right up there. So it was definitely an eight, eight out of 10. See, <clears throat> I don't know how to give my rating. No, just kidding. Um, I'm up there too. Eight. I mean, I, I, I'm i laughing at Smitty's rating. <laughs> what did Smitty give it? Six. I don't understand that. Wait, wait, <laughs> why? Wait, wait, wait a minute, why? What is his number? Let, Z, pull up Smitty's new number. Oh, I got it. Hold on. New number? I thought he had a new number. I don't know. Hold on, we'll find out. Yeah, keep, keep talking about the match while you're doing it. Uh, I can't do two things at once. Yeah, you so, can. I uh, believe in you. Um, yeah, no, eight out of ten. That inverted uh, superplex into a Falcon Arrow. Just the the how fluid the match was. I it best match on the card. And it was the first match, and you knew when the match was over that that was probably going to be the best match on the card, with the exception of a couple that you thought. But this one definitely took the cake. But see, I can't do two things at once because I just did all that talking and didn't once look for Smitty's number. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. I just messaged him too. I was like, what's your phone number calling you? No, no. I was going to call him on Skype. Hello? No, okay. yeah. yeah, I got his number here. All right. Well, one three one three. Just hand it to me. Why we're, read read it out. Yeah, dude. We're publicly read it out over the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> that, That'd you know, be awesome. And it would be inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would have been fucking great. <laughs> that would have been the greatest moment in BDR history. Like if you'd have read his number off on live on the show, <laughs> so many people would have. Dude, that would have been great. He'd have to change his number again. <laughs> fucking awesome. He's not going to answer. Uh, he gave me the number on the messages. Oh. I was like, what's your number? We're calling you. Motherfucker gives you his number, then don't answer the fucking right. phone. Only Smitty. <laughs> I don't answer 248 numbers. 
<laughs> what's the most Smitty thing you Hello? say? Hey, Smitty, what's up, man? Where are you at right now? Right now, I'm leaving Checkerbar. I'm making sure I have a house guest. All right. You have a house guest? Is that why you're not here today, Smitty? Yes. No, I'm I'm not here today because I have my account is one hundred twenty seven dollars in the negative. Yeah, we are we are we already completely unca We already we, we shot your reason for being here. It was a straight shoot, uh, Smitty. We we have some questions about your fucking ratings, guy. <laughs> like we're over here, um, and it's like some of them are like, okay, whatever, we get it. You really like black people. Um, we understand why you're rating Gulak and fucking. Uh, Alexander an eight while everyone else is giving it as high as a six. Um, but here we're really up wondering about this one. Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler. Joe gives it an eight. Ah, Z gave it an eight. I gave it an 8.5 and you give it a six. Why did you give it such a shitty rating? Because I thought it was, the, it was probably the worst match two of them have had together. It was almost as bad as the Iron Man match. What? Th- yeah. No What way. match were you That watching? was way better than the Iron Man match. Not, not, way better. Not only did they go, what, how long did they go for? 22 minutes? Because I hit that one. Some on the bl- yeah. yeah. All right. So they went for 22, 22 minutes. Correct. For one fall. And it was a fantastic fucking match. I just, I was not, I was not interested in anything that was done, that was done in that match. Dude, all those. Okay, hold on. You said that so all those Rollins, falls right off the bat with the Iron Man match, and you say that match was better. That that Iron no, Man was, match is so fucked. Was not. No, no, he's saying no, he's saying this is he's saying this match is just as bad as the Iron. No Man way. Match. And I'm saying no, 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 I'm not saying I'm not saying just as bad is not much better. Okay, see, you're, you're the best s- match they did was that Raw match before the Iron Man match. <laughs> Z doesn't know how bells work. (laughs) Z's trying to ding you. (laughs) No, you asshole. Now you're making fun of me. No, no, no. Someone's totally making fun of Z. So Z picked up the bell, was holding the bell part, and still hitting the clicker, hoping it would make a fucking noise. Just the bottom, dude. No, you keep holding the bell. Stop touching the fucking s- s- the silver. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> you fucking I'm idiot. Really in a I'm, in, I'm in a bad mood right now. I, I really want to be there. And this, um, my life is all a shit shambles. Well, hey, I shit can't. shambles piece of smith. Listen here. You're on the fucking show right now. We called you. So you're here technically, even if it's via phone. And, 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 I, and I appreciate that. I'm, via, I'm fucking there via satellite. I mean, I can't even argue that fucking phones go off a satellite. So I, he's right. God damn it! <laughs> like I wanted to say he was wrong. That's his one. He gets his one. So Smitty, we're gonna go on to the next match. We're gonna talk about it. Bludgeon Brothers versus New Day. You gave it a five point five. Why? I didn't care because I didn't New, Day New Day lost. <laughs> no, the New Day won. <laughs> Oh, by DQ. Doesn't matter. Okay. They, they didn't won. get the title. Hot but, there. but they got beat up in the end. So <laughs> you know. no, 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 no. I gave it 5.5. It was just one of those things like I didn't care for. It. It's still a new day. still a bunch of others. It was the one thing you could do to not keep. Like, the bunch of brothers are already in the corner. The way you booked. Nobody puts baby in the corner. It's, it was the only way you could do something with both these teams where none of them look stupid. So, okay, wait. So the DQ was the only way. 
you could do it without making them look either team look stupid, but you still only give it a meh. Yeah. Okay. Because this is this is the only thing I can because the match itself was <laughs> meh. <laughs> this is great. The match itself was meh. It was everything I, behind I, there that was just the, everything everything behind the match is what kept it at, put it at a five point five. All right. Joe, what do you give this match? Seven. Okay. Why? Because it's it's better than what Smitty said. <laughs> and, and I'm not butthurt that the new day didn't didn't get the titles. Because they got it next two days. Fucking. I'm not butthurt about them not getting the titles. Though. Sure, you're not. Sure. They got it. On, they got it. Yes. You didn't know that at the time <laughs> when you were making your rating. Oh, no, I, I, so when, I was, when I was making when I was making the ratings, I, I knew everything that was going on at that point. But I, I well, I'm thinking of, when I made the rating, I was thinking of how I was feeling watching SummerSlam. Drunk. Say that again. When he was making the ratings, he was feeling no, how he was drunk. No, I was not as drunk as you think I was. With Literally three <laughs> days, no more than five hours of sleep total at max, and that is you probably giving me more of an exaggeration how much sleep I actually had. Smitty likes making excuses for himself. What was he yelling about? No. So, Joe, you gave it a 7. Z, what do you give New Day versus Bludgeon Brothers? Uh, yeah, I give it about a 7. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really good match. Um, yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't necessarily like the ending. I would have rather seen it come down to uh, a fall victory, but the, with the DQ... It made sense because then they could prolong the feud, but then we found out that Rowan got hurt, so right. it, made, it made sense. So yeah, no, it was a solid tag team match. Smitty, what the fuck are you doing right now? It's walking. I am walking toward a bus stop. Told you. He's going to be standing at the bus stop sucking on a pork chop. Uh, I give the match a 7.5. Uh, Smitty, I'm muting you till I go back to you because you're fucking wind. You're breaking wind on the show. Not in a good way. Um, is it, is it better now? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Are you walking backwards? Okay. No, I uh, it's hit the little shelter thing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I give it a 7.5. I thought it was a good match, and I thought it ended in a very good way. Uh, didn't make either team look bad. I there's This is one of my higher-rated matches for this show because there was so much going on. There was... It's it, it just... I can't really describe it because when I was rewatching it today, because I rewatched all of these fucking matches today because I didn't see much during our fucking uh, event. Yeah, that's that's. See, I didn't rewatch it. That's a. I'm, I, I I'm running into that problem right now, and I'm trying to rate these. I'm like, well, there's you know, it was very busy in that bar, and I, <laughs> loud, and you know, I I wasn't paying attention as. Probably, intently as, as I normally would have liked to. There was you a know? lot of times I was outside smoking a cigarette, watching it in the bar, but listening to it on the right. speaker outside. You could see it through the window, yeah. yeah. Um, I just thought that this match was an overall good tag match. Not spectacular, just it was good. You know, but it didn't, and it definitely didn't suck. Uh, what the fuck is that, Smitty? I had to run back. I left something at the bar. What'd you leave at the bar? My pork chops. 
You, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So the joke that I made about oh. you standing at the bus stop sucking on a pork chop reminded you that you forgot your pork chops, didn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was going home like, What's the most Smitty thing sleeping. Smitty's ever done? <laughs> I'm laughing so hard, my dad's dizzy. <laughs> you you win the day, man. You win the fucking day. I think Mikey's gonna have Fuck all my pork chops. He's like, I forgot something. I'm like, what? He's like, my pork chops. <laughs> <laughs> he was so dejected when he said it. No, I was mad because I was like, I had a feeling he was gonna say something. You know, background noise. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll probably have to wait for the next bus because my next bus is like 32 minutes away. I mean, oh. if like, if you were to like stop time at that second and took a poll, like, you know, right when Mikey said, What'd you forget? And there's a huge pause, and we were all like, All right, everybody, predict what's the most Smitty thing Smitty could forget. You know, you probably come up with pork chops. And then when he actually says it, it's like, ah, oh, damn. That, you got to be shitting me, dude. Like, the, cra- the craziest thing is that's not the most Smitty thing Smitty's ever done. The most Smitty thing Smitty's ever done is what he did for our event. So Smitty, Michigan Comic Con was, Co- was at Cobo Hall this weekend. Th- that autographed and, picture and, yeah, of yours. You're, you're burying the lead there, Joe. Hey, look, Bob Campbell's the one that's <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to mute you. I'm going to mute you if you don't shut up. So Smitty graciously picks up a couple things for the giveaways, which is awesome. I'm not arguing. I'm not saying you shouldn't have done it. One of which is a picture of Kenny Omega saying, I want you in the Bullet Club. But it's a drawn photo. It's a photo that somebody drew. Um, whether it wasn't original, it was probably copied and everything like that. But Smitty sees someone that he knows is a great artist to him. He loves them. And Smitty has the guy sign the Kenny Omega sign. The guy is not a wrestling drawer. The guy didn't draw the wrestling picture. The guy isn't Kenny Omega. He's not anyone involved in wrestling New Japan or Bullet Club. He's not even a fucking booker or an agent or and we Smitty literally got some random fuck autograph. Not random to him. Could have been random, a homeless dude. But random to anybody else who fucking buy, who looks at that. And Smitty was like, "Hey, can you sign this?" See, I, I didn't, I didn't barely. I said he had an autograph, okay, he had you know, an autograph you know, picture. You know yeah. what? The, you know what this reminds say, me of? You explained whose autograph it was. Now that's that's and the Bob, important so part. Bob Camp was Bob Camp was the co-creator of Brandon Stimpy. You know that Brandon Stimpy wrestling connection. Wrestling fans really give a fuck about that. I mean, stupid idiot. I think it's cool, but that's just because I used to watch Brandon I mean, I did too, but. I'm here and I'm here here and now. I had nothing else in my hand instead of passion like before he like what do you want? I know you like, had a bandana oh, on here, that he could have signed. Yeah, you had a bandana. No, I did not have a bandana. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I was gross. not wearing a bandana day. I was wearing my beanie. Ew, gross man. Have him sign your beanie and just never wear it again. Like then you'll always have it. Yeah. Alright, so moving on. Nakamura versus Jeff Hardy. Smitty, you gave this a five. Why? It was just one of those things that I, I kind of saw. It, it was just, it's something like WWE, particular WWE booking. You knew that 
Nakamura wasn't dropping the title to Jeff. You knew that they were the, what the door with Jeff was probably going to carry on with Orton. And what, everything and everything they did, it, it was it's super by the book, and there was nothing exciting about it to me. Not even a swanton to the ring apron outside that missed. <clears throat> Speaking of, I'm not even mocking you this time. Uh, I gave the match a five point five. Five and a half, because I agree. Outside of that one spot, this was ba- it was actually um, forgettable. Yeah, I well, I paused because you have a whole bunch of you're breaking wind again. Did you forget more pork chops? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I just stepped back outside, and I'm just standing outside right now. All right, cool, Smitty. Ozzy, what do you give Nakamura versus Hardy? Uh, I'm going to the, I'm, I'm going to go to a quiet area. It uh, I, <clears throat> I give it a six. Can you go to your happy space? It wasn't. It wasn't a great, outstanding match. Um, what made it even more dumb for me at the end was when Orton came out and then did nothing. Did nothing. Yeah. Away, like, well, he kind of just showed himself, and he was like, "Big league me," <laughs> and then he went back away. <laughs> kind of like he did like the previous SmackDown before. <laughs> just kind of like creepily looked around the corner. Yeah. Um. But yeah. <laughs> With his other dick than, in his hand. Other than that, like, I mean, th- wait. this is the match you could have easily forgot if you weren't paying attention when watching the show. So, Meh. Joe. Yeah, uh, I give it a six also. Um, I don't know. Uh, it just feels like like I, I've read some things that like Jeff Hardy's getting ready to uh, go on the injured reserve. And I, I feel like like every time I see him, he's, he's just like I'm waiting for him to be injured. And like he's already barely doing the swan time. Like he did the one spot on the apron, but like if you look at uh his past few matches, like like he didn't do one against Shelton. He saved it for when Nakamura came out. You know, like he, he I even read an interview, he's like, I'm forty years old, that shit hurts. He's yeah. like, I don't want to do it a lot anymore. So I feel like I feel like we're like we're kinda watching Jeff Hardy on borrowed time. Yeah. Um and then I don't know. There's, I don't know. I just want to. I want to be more entertained by Nakamura than I have been. Yeah. I, I just feel like they're they're missing something with him. I don't know if it's him or them or both, but I don't think Nakamura is clicking on all cylinders. You, my honest opinion is Nakamura is overrated. Here's why I say this. I think if you put Okada in WWE. If you put Omega in WWE, those guys could still put on really good, interesting matches with the allotted WWE time. I think that Nakamura is such a story match wrestler that he needs the 20 minutes plus. And if he, Why is that such a difficult thing to do, though? I mean, I, they spend 20 minutes on talking segments. So why is it? He's got a point. Okay, but you're not always well. you're not always going to get twenty minute matches. You don't. Not every match has to be twenty minutes. Okay, why but can't this match, Nakamura wrestle the longer matches? If, if that's your well, argument, well, then you're then you're placating to one person. Why are you giving more you're time to one because to his, of his match style? You you could pl- you're placating to his strengths. Someone else's strengths <clears throat> may be in a longer talking segment. Right. So you placate to each performer's different strengths. But if you placate to Braun, you do a shorter match. Okay, okay, look at Nakamura and NXT. Uh, I don't think there was one bad Nakamura match, and he had more than 20 minutes in each match. Yeah. 
And, and he had a bunch and, and of matches. Honestly, and honestly, it's, it's not a small sample, you know. I know, no, but I, and um, Nakamura didn't wrestle on a single fucking NXT show, though. He wrestled on takeovers. No, he wrestled, he wrestled on, some, on shows, on some TV shows. Oh yeah, yeah, he did for no, sure. No, for sure, they're all squashes. Yeah, I think so. Okay, there, there were go. squashes. There squashes. So okay, those don't fucking matter. I say I'm so. talking an actual match. I I will never think a squash match is a great match ever. ever. Even the squashes that we have today to rate, I did not rate a single one of them. I don't believe higher than maybe a six. You know, uh. <clears throat> Because it's a fucking squash match. I gave both of them zeros. Cool, there was three of them, idiot. Smitty's in the bathroom. I gave, okay, I, I gave two of them zeros. <laughs> yeah, Smitty's totally taking a shit right now. Shitty. Anyway, um, the reason I say Nakamura, Nakamura's disconnect is when he's on the show, pay-per-view shows, again, you just kind of don't care anymore. But their build for him was on SmackDown. And on SmackDown, he was wrestling short matches. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about SmackDown. You can't always give Nakamura a 20-minute match on SmackDown for him to get over with the fans. You can do it on pay-per-views. I'm not arguing pay-per-views. I'm saying, but this dude has to wrestle in a storyline type stuff on SmackDown. And he can't have 20 minutes every time. You got to give him five-minute matches. Omega and Okada, I feel, could come from Japan and put off and pull off those type of matches because of how good they. Those are. guys never wrestle under twenty minutes, though. So okay, since I'm playing devil's advocate here, Mike, Mikey's right too because. Uh, but I mean, in in, in a storyline, Mikey's like, right that you can't give him twenty minutes every time. But I don't know if the reason that Nakamura is not packing that punch that I want him to be is because. He can only do it when he wrestles 20 minutes. I don't know if I agree with that, but I, I do agree with, yeah, Mikey's right. You can't give him 20 minutes every fucking time he comes out. Again, in NXT, he still didn't talk much in NXT. He still he spoke, but he didn't talk much. I think the worst thing that he did. <clears> they're making him talk too much. And up I here. agree with you wholeheartedly that there's a lot, a lot of the disconnect is also the fact that you can't fucking understand him and they're not putting a manager with him. I'm not arguing that at all. I agree. But, he didn't even <clears> talk this much in New Japan in Japanese. But again, he didn't. I'm not arguing that. He what said, I, yow. That was, that's what he did. What I'm saying to you is his getting over in Japan, his getting in over, over in NXT was mostly match-based. And on the main roster, on SmackDown, on matches that he has to have that can't be 20 minutes, he can't wrestle them. Not well, enough to where he's... It's more than match. It's it's his aura, his presence, his look. He's got his entrance too. It's more than just his match. What do you mean? His entrance well, his is a fucking show in itself. I'm not arguing that, but I mean that's so over. Is he the was over. But he was over with the entrance. People were singing the entrance song, but yeah. then he would go and wrestle, and it you would fall flat. You'd be like, so what? that's why you can't say Undertaker is just over because of his match. He's. Another part of the reason why he's over is because of his fucking entrance. But it's still a big I, I piece, is what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm. I'm saying the disconnect is the match. That's where I'm saying the disconnect is. I'm not saying there's a disconnect in. The, well, there's also with the fucking promos that they're making him talk so much. His entrance is great. I'm not arguing that. His when he goes and puts on. Uh, he, he did that match. The last match with AJ Styles. It was a good match. You know what I'm saying? He can go. But he needs the allotted time to go. 
And I don't feel like he's going to get that. And so I, that's why I say he's overrated. I'm not saying he sucks. I'm just saying he's not top guy. He's mid-card. Straight oh, up on I don't WWE. Know if he's mid-card. Straight up on WWE. Nakamura's mid-card. Sorry. He is. Agree to disagree. Moving on. All right. Yeah. So WWE is shitty. We'll put international talent. Yeah. All right. Braun Strowman versus Kevin Owens for the first squash match of the night. Um, <clears throat> Joe, what do you give this? I'll go to five just on uh, the merit of a, a couple of spectacular bumps that Owens did to make Braun look like 10 million bucks. <laughs> the... Uh, the drive, the fucking shoulder tackles. Yeah, the couple of drive highs, the one where fucking Owens hit his head before he did the backflip, and then took a choke slam on the ramp. That <clears throat> I don't know. You'd have to pay me a shitload of money to take that. They're paying him a shitload of money to do it. Well, there you go. Z, what do you give it? I uh, give it a five squash match. So I mean, what was supposed to happen happened. Wasn't anything spectacular. Uh, I don't. It's uh, five. I don't know five if that's five. what was supposed to happen. I give it a three. I gave this a three for the simple fact that um, it buried KO. Yeah, I, was just about to say, I, I was not a fan. It, this did yeah. it, this wasn't a match that did anything for anyone. Can I can I ask you a question? What? How, how did it bury KO? It, 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 it. Is okay. Is every person in the WWE not supposed to like be squashed by Braun Strowman? No, no, I'm not saying that. The build for this match was KO was outsmarting Braun, right? At every turn. The match saw... Swerve squash match. The match saw Kevin Owens get demolished, and the only offensive move he did was no-sold. It literally did nothing. It it, it literally set, in my opinion, set Owens back. And and what happened later in the night made this match look even worse. I kind of agree with that. That's why I give it a zero. That was Smitty's rating. A zero. Uh, Next match, AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. Joe, we're going to lead with you on this one because you said that you felt like this possibly was your match of the night. Uh, I'll give it an eight out of ten. All right. Why? These guys go way back, obviously. Everyone knows that. They got tremendous chemistry in the ring, tremendous chemistry on the microphone. Um, There's a lot of controversy about AJ's family getting involved and some of the stuff Joe said to AJ's wife, storyline or not. I know some people were a little bit offended at that, but to me, I mean, Eric Bischoff wrote a book about it. Controversy creates cash. So, What are you talking about? Speak to me. Great fucking book. Well, I mean, Joe telling Wendy's gonna come home and be the new daddy and all that, and that you know AJ's gonna break a promise and not make it home, but that's okay because Joe will be there. Um, and then AJ just losing his shit, which you know, if that was for real, any one of any normal human being would do the same fucking thing, right? So you're invested in this because. It's a per- it's like a believable storyline. It, it's personal. Um, AJ does tout being a family man. Everyone knows AJ is like a super good dude. 
Like him and Daniel Bryan, probably two of the best dudes in the business and also two of the top wrestlers in the business at the same time. And and for Joe to like kind of call him out, which is, which some of that shit Joe is saying is kind of true. I mean, if AJ is such a family man, I mean, this guy's on the road more than he's home, you know? That's why. So it, Joe's got a valid point here, even though it, it's it's very offensive and it's it's very uh, risque and it pushes the envelope and all that. But to me, that's what we're in it for. That's what makes television in- interesting. And I mean, just work rate wise, these two guys can go and they put on a good match in the ring mm-hmm. too. Z, <clears throat> the best rivalries in wrestling come from best friends. I mean, they're the ones that know each other the best. They and they know the they can get away the with the most on each other, too. Correct. You know what I mean? So you you push it. Like, you'll stiff you your best you friend, blur, you know? Yeah, you blur the line Because you know he ain't going to, like, come back to the locker room and kick your ass or something. Right. But you blur the line a little bit because, like you said, you can get away with more with your best friend. And you guys might even come up with it together. I mean, I'm pretty sure this is the rumor I heard, but um, Joe said that to his uh, goddaughter. <laughs> like... I'll, I'll be your new daddy. That's actually like, you know, Uncle Joe to her. So, I, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I enjoyed the whole thing. What do you get? I, I give the mat, I give the match a nine out of 10. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Smitty, you gave it an eight, five. Why? Same reasons? Uh, well, pretty much the same reasons. Uh, anyway, the, I, I agree with Joe with the believable storyline, specifically the ending. The whole thing, like, yeah, if we, like, you got, like, you, Joe, and Chris, you, you guys are all fathers. And if we somebody are. came at you that the same way Joe came at AJ, give me rid of something that some bitch right in the face, right? Twice. Exactly. Three times on Sunday. So anyway, <laughs> and I also, I also agree with Joe. Like, I pretty much agree with Joe on most of all of his points there. Cool. Just to break things, just to make things simple. Now, I got a question for you, Smitty. And it was, it was my favorite match on the card, actually. Smitty, I had a question for you. Yo. <clears throat> does do- does Joe's dick taste kosher? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> Good comeback, Smitty. <clears throat> Moving on. Triple threat match, SmackDown Women's Championship uh, match. Z, lead this one off. Carmella versus Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. Flair gets the victory by pinning Becky Lynch. Three fucks. I give three fucks. Damn. I, I really, I mean, I... Is it because of the ending? I mean, no, just I, I wasn't invested in this match at all. Oh. Like I, I didn't care what happened from the get go. Why? So, just, yeah. just because. Most of my zeros. I mean, no, no particular reason. Like, um, you have a triple threat match with Becky Lynch or Charlotte uh, with Carmella. So, looking at it, like, okay, so Carmella should win because, you know, by tomfoolery, because there's no other possible way that Carmella should win that fucking match. <laughs> so then you have I mean the the Becky Hill turn at the end was cool. But other than that, I, I just didn't really care about the match at all. Joe. Uh I guess I'll give it a six. Okay. Um I don't know. I I picked Becky Lynch to win this match, but how everything played out, what what happened is what should have happened. I I kind of I think this they could have got the same result though. Like if Charlotte like tapped out Carmella, 
I think that result might have even been better because then Becky could bitch about like not even losing or getting pinned. You, moment. you know, like at least like Becky got pinned in this. And I kind of was like, damn, you're going to, and especially like how they're giving Becky this big heel push, but like she just got pinned in a snap by the natural selection. There was no tap, no, like I would have preferred to still see the Becky heel turn, but like after like Charlotte tapped out Carmella because to me I think that would have given Becky even more reason just because she wasn't even involved in the finish and it was supposed to be her moment and she literally didn't do anything to lose her moment Smitty you gave it a four yeah for uh, one part was the the amount of box spots that I spotted watching the match initially um second part was I I, I I, I was not invested in this. I knew the title was changing hands first and foremost. I didn't care which if, if Becky or Charlotte turned. At one point, I kept thinking like maybe Charlotte should have went heel because Charlotte's a better heel than she is a face. But I think it'll be interesting to see uh, Becky as a heel. The match itself, I really had nothing good to say about it. All right. I give this match a seven because, like Joe, I think it was a pretty decent match inside the ropes. Yeah, there could have been some different uh, angles on how the ending could have played. But overall, I don't think that the story story told in the match did a, re- did a really good job. Uh, Miz versus oh, Daniel. Miz, ver- Miz versus Daniel Bryan. Smitty, you gave it a 6-5. It was the one match I was looking forward to, and I feel like it super underperformed. Okay, I, I like I like the ending. I I, I like what I, I I I like the match. I like psychology in the match. I like the ending. I, I pretty much like the match. It, it's what when I made this rating for this match. It's, it's, like I say, it was for my initial reaction to watching the match at SummerSlam, not what came afterwards. And even if I give it, a, if I if I was gonna give it a rating, what came afterwards, or what I know now. It would have been a little bit lower because I hate what they're doing for Sal and Sal now. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, Joe. Um, I agree with Smitty to an extent on this. Um, I was also looking forward to this. I wanted this feud to be played out longer. I'd like to see them hold off on this or do some more stuff and just build this all the way up to Mania. Possibly, I thought they kind of jumped into this too soon. So everyone wanted to see this, so there was very high expectations. And I don't think they had, I don't think they, I just don't think they delivered based on the expectations. Um, I did like the finish, though, even though I did pick Daniel Bryan to win. Um, the finish, their finish made more sense than what I picked. It, it's a good way to keep the, maybe they can still go to Mania with this, keep the feud prolonging. What do you give it? But Joe. Oh, sorry. Uh, seven. Seven? All right. Z? Uh, I also give it a seven. <clears throat> uh, and Joe basically covered everything. Uh, it wasn't the exact match I was looking for. It was still a good match. And I I like the cheap win by the Miz. The kids. Reminds me of, like, uh, back when, like, uh, the Honky Tonk Man or Jerry Lawler we're still wrestling and they would, you know, get the brass knucks out and hit the guy real quick and then throw him into the crowd and, you know, cover the guy and win. So yeah, it, it had Miz 
win, keeping the sneaky heel that he is, and prolonging the feud. So, I mean, you really couldn't have done anything else with that. Right. All right. Next match <clears throat> is uh, Mikey, what? Quick question. You were the only person that picked the Miz to win. Yeah. And oh, I, did. Say, I, I picked the Miz to you win. Said, uh, you said, because you felt Day around going to resign. But you were that sure about, the, about that uh, finish. How did you feel about it? Because you skipped over yourself. Um, I exa- it did exactly what I thought it was going to do. The, Daniel Bryan was talking around uh, about a week beforehand, talking about that he could re-sign as soon as the weekend of SummerSlam, which he did, which all reports have come out that Daniel Bryan has re-signed uh, with WWE. He talked to Sam Roberts saying it was probably over 90%. They came this morning. Yeah, I, yeah there was just there was a whole, whole bunch of conversation going around about that. However, there is no reason Miz should not have won this even if Daniel Bryan wasn't re-signing. Daniel Bryan's first win in WWE came over The Miz. So to even remotely... You asked me... Stop. So this match was for a one-on-one match. Miz needed to go over. Miz needed to come over because even if Daniel Bryan didn't re-sign and then just came back down the line and did something with Miz, it still puts them at a one-to-one with a rubber match needed. The story could have played out very far down the line, but Miz needed to win this match because of all of the talk going into it. If Daniel Bryan won this match, even if he didn't re-sign, it kills any more push for anything. That's why I knew Miz. I just felt Miz was going to win. It just made no sense for Daniel Bryan to win this match at all. I asked that question because you were the only person on the show that actually picked Miz to go on. Z also picked Miz. Z also picked Miz. Okay. Fuck you, Z. <laughs> Z said the same thing when I picked AJ's wife to be on the unscheduled appearances. <laughs> Guess what? Mama's wrong again. <laughs> uh, next match, and we're trying to run through these guys. We've got three more matches, and we're uh, at a little bit over time right now. Uh, Baron Corbin versus the demon Finn Balor shows up. Joe is already shaking his fucking head. I want to hear Joe's pick rating right now. So am I. Three. Three. Why three? Dude. She's generous. It's it's SummerSlam. I get it's like the second biggest show of the year. But it's been like a year, maybe longer, whatever it's been. It's been exactly exactly a year since... Finn busts out the demon. He busts it out for Schmerin fucking Schlorman. Like, <laughs> fucking kidding me? And then it, what makes it even worse is the next night he's got a fucking title shot against Reigns. A title shot. No demon for the fucking universal title, but the fucking demon comes out for Baron Constable fucking Corbin. And, and like, that he just squashes him. Like, you know, he might have lost if he didn't have the paint on, but motherfucker comes out of his demon, just squashes the fuck out of Corbin. Like, Well, he's already beaten Corbin without the paint on, too. Yeah, but he's also lost to Corbin without the paint. Right. This is the rubber match. Yeah. yeah. The demons want to know. Right. And, two, uh, I mean, two and whatever. Baron Corbin. In fact, dude, right, it but, doesn't matter what would have happened yeah. in the match. I immediately had a bad taste because Baron Corbin is just like, if Finn only busts out the demon. That rarely, Baron ain't the guy. <laughs> Sorry, I I agree. But now now here's the thing: they Joe is the only person to ever beat the demon. 
Um, and that's back in NXT. It's because of his cool ass fucking name. Yeah, well, whatever. I'm just saying. Joe's the only one to ever do it. So if they keep doing random demon showings and he keeps winning, they can eventually do, you know, Finn versus Joe at some point and finally have the demon. There are two different shows. Down the road. Eventually. You know what eventually means? And Yeah, they can still do that, what you're talking about, without having them yeah, what, whatever. bust I'm, the demon out on Corbin. I, I, I don't care. I like the demon. I was happy with it. What do you All give the match? It. Me, I give the match a about a seven. I mean, hey, Paula. seven for no. I I, I got the squash I got, match. I got my fix. I got the demon. I got to see Baron get his fucking ass whip, and I got to see Finn get the win as the demon. Good seven. Smitty, you gave it a zero again. I gave it a zero. I pretty much it was. I, I, I really feel like Joe's being generous. It was a waste of the demon. One. You're a waste of a demon. <laughs> You're a waste of demon. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got two this one. show. He got two. That was a show. good one. Here's a good bell. <laughs> a good yeah, beller. <laughs> Talking to your phone. Just like you're at the show, bro. Talking to the mic. Is, is Baron Corbin. As far as you know, you didn't need him to be. It was a weight, complete weight. It was a squash match. And it was one, it was the one squash match I hated more than Owens State. Because I'm a fan of Owens. I do like Strowman. But this squash match was just pointless. It was a few that nobody gave two shits about in the first place. That's true. And I'm glad to see Finn look that strong, too. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad to see that, but... Dude, I guess you, I know you don't waste a fucking demon on Baron fucking Corbin. End of story. I gave this match. That's the point. I gave this match a five. I zero. And I gave the yeah, we know. I said that. I gave this match a five because it did make sense for the demon to come out. The demon finished this feud. Ended it. He won. Corbin won, and he was like, you know what? I'm fucking done with this. This feud I'm wasn't not, worthy. I it, to you, man. But it finished it, dude. It finished it. On a SummerSlam, it's the only way that anyone at that fucking arena would give a goddamn about this match. Yeah. Period. <clears throat> they did exactly what they were right supposed there. to do. This the match. They shouldn't have booked it in the first place. This match literally was the, a feud ender. They tried to keep it going because they had so much overwriting, over stuff that they wrote for Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass that they had to move it to Raw. Baron Corbin versus Finn Balor. It's literally what the fuck it was. It was the exact same fucking thing. It was no fucking. The only difference is <laughs> Daniel Bryan didn't come out as a fucking demon Bryan. All right, he li- it was literally this little man. Like it's like Corbin's got this this complex. Like it's stupid. I agree. This feud was dumb, but the I that's why I gave this match a five. It didn't do shit. It didn't do shit greatness. It didn't do shit bad. It was just there, and it didn't suck because again the de- when he came out i literally looked at orlando and i said i swear to fucking christ if this is not a squash match this is the most biggest waste of this character ever and he squashed him and i was like all right i'm all right with it meh it's fine whatever so that's the uh, extent of the depth of the creating writing writing team that uh, they can come up with is uh i'm a big guy and you're a little guy that's and uh i'm gonna, i'm going to beat you up and we're going to use that on both shows <laughs> yeah and no, the first show, second show got it because the first show was like, well, we just fired Cass. So send these scripts over there. <laughs> Interchange the names. Moving on. 
Raw Women's Championship, Alexa Bliss versus Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey is your new Raw Women's Champion. Z is sighing. Z, give me your fucking react, your rating. Uh, seven. Oh. I, I actually like the match. I was I was yawning. I wasn't saying. Oh, sorry. Um, no, I, again, Ronda put on another good show. I, it was a solid match. I well, I wasn't upset about it, wasn't necessarily happy about it, but, I mean, she just seems to keep on improving, other than the fact that she looked like Katniss Aberdeen. <laughs> I mean, it was... Junior. Right. No, no, senior. No, sorry, no, ba- senior. Ba- yeah, Becky was junior. Yeah, senior. Yeah. So, yeah, I give it a seven. If you listen to our SummerSlam post-show, you hear us mocking Smitty when we say senior. And you hear my awesome joke about a fruit roll-up. Ayo. Uh... <laughs> Smitty, you gave this match a 7.5. Why? Uh, I agree with Z on the point where, like, we, it's no, no matter how much it was like, we talk about how green Ronda Rouse is going to be. She, she is better and better. Uh, the fact that was, this is the only squash I've actually gave fucks to, actually. Um, Didn't you say you, I think Ronda was great. Bliss was great in what she did. It, it just kind of played out to the point. I'm just scared about what they're doing now that we're back into this corner. I just, back into the corner with Ronda being the title holder? Yeah. Her being the title holder is like the same corner you put the blood, the Bludger Brothers are in right now. It's the same corner you put American Alpha in right now, where you rush this title on her way too quickly. What do you do after she loses the title? Her. <laughs> Joe, what do you get this match? Um, yeah, I, I agree with Smitty on that point. Um, this is way, Ronda's like an attraction. She's like Andre the Giant. She's like Brock Lesnar. Like, like Brock Lesnar didn't need to hold that title, and especially for not as long as he did. Um, Ronda doesn't need the title, not right now. She's going to put the same number of asses in seats with or without that title. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see them keep that title. I'd like to see her like go against like Charlotte at the next WrestleMania or something for that thing. Um, her and Italia, even Italia will wait too. Yeah, you know, because one of them could turn on the other. You know, um, I don't know. It just not that she's not worthy because she is. As we all said, she every time we look at her in the ring, she gets better. But to me, it's just. It's like hot shot booking. You know, they, they put it on her. T- it's like it's hot shot booking that put Daniel Bryan and Miz in this match too quick. And it's hot shot booking that put the title on Ronda too quick. So I don't know. I, I get four, I guess. Question. Do you think that the passing of the anvil changed the outcome of this match possibly? Do you think maybe Natty was supposed to turn and go heel? And Ronda not be no. the title. No, I don't. I don't think that. I do, I do, I do. Actually, why? I I think it was because it was supposed to build up so she could so Ronda could develop more with somebody with somebody like Natalia before she tried to put the title on her. All right, um, Joe Lesnar reigns. Kick it off. Well, despite what the fans and the internet and everybody wanted to do to react to this match. I thought the build to this thing was fucking great. I mean, Heyman and Lesnar did some of their best in Lesnar 
too, did some of their best character work throughout their entire career. Um, they did the right move at the beginning of the match by having Braun come out uh, to prevent the crowd from hijacking this match, and it worked. Mm-hmm. You still suck. <laughs> you it, both suck. It could have been a lot you worse. It could have been you a lot suck. worse, dude. Yeah. So they did everything they could to to save this match as much as they could from getting hijacked. Um, going back to what I was saying earlier, what makes what happens makes the Kevin Owens squash to me seem even worse because Braun kind of got taken out easily in this after looking dominant against Owens. Right, right when Braun squashed Owens, I was like, he's coming out for the championship yeah. match. I mean, obvious. Well, we kind of, we all kind of saw that, but but he got taken out of the equation super easy. I don't think so. I do. He yeah, he took, he, he he took an F five and like six rope, chair shots. And he took an F five. Yeah, like right off the. He didn't even. He didn't even really play a factor into the match. Well, yeah, but yeah, he, he did. He distract. He distracted Lesnar so fucking Reigns could hit him with that last spear. So he did play quite a big part of the match. Actually. I don't know. I I just feel like I wanted the man was stuffed in the back of a gar- fucking garbage truck, <laughs> and then came back two weeks later. Came back. <laughs> it, it, it's not like he fucking stood right up after he got smashed in the garbage truck, dude. I don't know. I I wanted if he was gonna come out like that. I just wanted a like I wanted a bigger presence from him. I don't know. What was your dumb point, Smitty? I say. So you saying the compact of a garbage truck has more force than less force than finishing moves? I'm saying that the finishing. I'm saying that the finishing moves and the money in the bank shots and the him taking the fucking uh, suicide dive from Roman Reigns, which originally stunned him, wasn't expecting that. It was a sidestep, so obviously it's not like he's in kayfabe. He's not expecting that. It just hits him. So if you get if you get sucker shot with anything, it's gonna daze you more than anything else. Then Lesnar went out and hit him with a fucking F five. Beat him with the fucking case. Then threw the goddamn case so far, it broke the fucking screen on the ramp. <laughs> then he got into the ring with the chair and took a spear right away. Braun literally had no time to stand up and do anything. So it, it's not like, it, it's not like five, two minutes later, four minutes later is when the match finished. It, the match ended after, right after he, he beat up Braun, stood in the ring, took a spear, match done. He's not going to get up to try and fucking cash in the case after that. It made sense. We're talking su- we're talking he just, to me, like, Roman. he looked so incredibly do- dominant against Owens. And then he basically... But Owens isn't Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns. Then he came out with the... Br- he, and he just got, like, super squat. I mean, I know he was in the match, but him, himself, got squashed. Which kind of buries KO even further. That's what I was just saying. Yeah, yeah, no, right, no, I, I agree with him now when I look at that's, it like that. That's what I was just saying. I don't think he got, you said what, Smitty? He, pretty much he got squashed by guys who were in a match for less than 10 minutes. But I don't think Braun got squashed. I think Braun got dazed, right, and then beat up after he was dazed. He came out and got destroyed just as bad, if not worse, in the way he destroyed KO. No, KO was ready to fight. And then got his so ass beat. So was Braun. Braun wasn't ready to fight when he took that he fucking dive. He came out dive. with the fucking briefcase, ready to fight. He wasn't, no, he he's standing. Out, you know, he came out 
He made a fucking challenge. Don't tell him he wasn't ready to fight. He was ready to fight after that match, not during that match. Well, motherfucker should have been paying attention then. <laughs> oh, I'm shit. not going to argue that. I'm saying that he took a fucking cheap shot. It's like if someone, you're, if you're like, I'm going to fight somebody, hell yeah, can't wait to fight, and then the dude out of your peripheral comes up and chin shots you, you're going to be like, ah, oh, fuck, why weren't you ready to well, fight? If you're, put, if you're challenging a fight, you should have your eyes open, period. <laughs> if, you're, if you're going around God, saying, yeah, I'm going to fight, I'm going to fuck you up, I'm, I'm going to fight, you should probably not like stand there in a daze and like, Oh, I just challenged someone to a fight. Oh, boom, I got punched in the face. You know, like, you should probably be aware of your surroundings. Wait, wait I wasn't ready. <laughs> right. I just challenged you to a fight, but I'm not ready. All right, Kurt Hawkins. <laughs> so, Joe, what do you give the match? I give it a 6-5 because I think they salvaged everything they could have out of it. Z, what do you give it? What match are we talking about? The Braun Strowman-Roman <laughs> Reigns match. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um... Um, give it an um. It gets a five. Smitty, you gave it a six. I'm just rolling with this one. I gave it a seven because I agree with all of you guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, I gave it a six. I agree that. with Joe one. Like, WWE did what they to salvage whatever what they had for what they called the main event. I agree with the match and and the the bronze stuff. I'll disagree with, but that doesn't. That's not the match. That's I'm disagreeing. Why Braun no, was Braun down. Is, Ron there is the only thing that salvaged, like he said, salvaged the club from hijacking the match. No, I agree. Because nobody wanted to see it. I did. Just kidding. No, I didn't. I wanted to see All this. Right. Hello, nobody. This is what I wanted to see. Did you call me a nobody? Pfft, that's why you're not on the show anymore. Yes. You're fired. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, all right. So that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk real quick about the end of Monday Night Raw and Becky Lynch on SmackDown. At the end of Monday Night Raw, well, the beginning of it, Roman comes out, says, only one person, I'm ready to defend this title, the Universal Championship, and I have it for one person, one man, a man who won it, had lose, drop it because of injury, and never got his rematch. I challenge Finn Balor to the Universal title. Finn Balor comes out, says, oh, I accept. And then Baron Corbin says, no. And then Matt, Kurt Angle says, yeah. And then at the end of the night, it's Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor. Roman Reigns wins, but again, during the match, Braun Strowman comes out and let everyone know that he's going to challenge after the match because he wants competition for the money in the bank briefcase. So then, after the match, it looks like he's about to cash in. What happens? Sierra, Hotel. (laughs) India, Echo, Lima, Delta, Shield. Roman Reigns' music hits again. (laughs) (laughs) It was so much cooler when it was just the Shield music. (laughs) Now you hate it. You used to like it. Now you hate it. All right. So then they come down, and then they all attack fucking Braun Strowman. Z. Thoughts? You lead this off. Uh, I mean... I, I just don't know where they're going with this. Like, is the shield a heel faction? There's now? some psychology issues with this um, whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and then what other storylines are we ending because well, do- people are turning heel or not turning heel or why? Like, and then you get the whole Seth Rollins. You got thing with the like the biggest thing, baby gonna- faces going after the biggest baby face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No. Like, it, it's, a de- it's a desperation ploy to get Roman cheers. But it's I don't, not going to work. I don't think so. You got there's 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 uh 
there's some truth to that, Smitty. I'd say. No, I'm agreeing that they uh, the whole reason reforming the shield is so they don't what, just hate Roman the entire run. What else run. doesn't make sense is like Braun was like. I, I, I challenge people up front. I, I don't come from behind when I cash in my money. I don't. I don't. He kicked them in the front. I want to. <laughs> I want to. I want to challenge them face to face, like a man. A like I, I don't want to get someone when they're already all beat up. And then what's he do? Comes in Kicks after. The, comes in after the match when he's already all beat up, just like he said he like wasn't gonna do. Well, he said, "I'm taking on a winner." Pretty much. That's pretty much what he's saying. So Smitty, Smitty mentioned a point, and he said that this is all to get Roman Reigns cheers and stuff. And that's fine. I'm agreeing with that. That's why this was reformed. The problem is the most over-fucking guy in the company next to AJ Styles is Braun Strowman. And you have a face faction well, that... You got two of them, by the way. A face really? faction... Uh, Smitty, shut up. A fa- Let me lead. Let me lead. Okay. A face okay. faction that started their feud with Ziggler and McIntyre. The whole time Seth's going, I don't like the numbers game. This is not fair. I keep losing because of this. I got it. This got to be evened out. This can't be. It's not right. This is too too much of an advantage. I'm going to bring Dean Ambrose back so it's an even matchup. And everyone's like, yeah, that makes sense. And then Braun, the one guy, is now taken out by three guys in the numbers game Partly by a guy who was just pissed off the night before about the numbers game. Smitty, go ahead with your point. Yeah, I was like, Seth Rollins is also one of your biggest baby faces in the company right now. So at this point, you have two of your biggest baby faces going. Oh yeah, two of your biggest baby faces trying to get over a guy that we we touched on that point. I don't know if you already said this. Yeah. Plus, we said it was the biggest. It was the biggest heel faction going against the uh, an even bigger, uh, biggest face faction going against a bigger face. We said that twice already. Yeah. You're not making. You're not making any other points. Well, I was thinking like so when you talk about solo competitors, like yeah, Braun, AJ, Braun, and Seth like the three biggest faces in the company. Yeah. You so you at this point you're (laughs) you're just going to repeat yourself. Using the pop. Using the pop of AJ, using the pop of Seth to try to get and Dean, a uh, returning Dean, which, which once again that goes into your whole thing about the show being a face fashion. But the problem is they're going against something that someone always, everyone else wants to win in Braun Strowman. So no matter how over the Shield was, my thought process is the Shield are about to get booed out of the fucking building now, unless somehow Braun goes heel. But that's not going to take, just like it didn't take on fucking SmackDown when they tried to make Becky Lynch a goddamn heel. When she was like, but you weren't really with me, were you? Yeah, where was the give Becky a chance hashtags? Dude, I thought her promo was excellent. Dude, I thought, I thought her promo was the best great. promo of her career. The problem was it Agreed. made the fucking fans cheer for her more. I know. That's how good it was. Yeah, it's it but in it all it was like god damn it, you're right Becky. You sh- because the fans are already so behind Becky winning that title. Cuz everything she said was fucking true. Right. And everyone's like, yeah, why am I going to boo you for this because that makes sense. So, I don't know if WWE is trying to test the waters with heel Becky, but you need to get off of that fucking train real quick. Because she is more, she is the most over she has been in her fucking career in WWE right now. But I, I think the train you need to get on though is let letting her talk. Be her, like that's obviously the like first, that, like that. The first promo that like they let her be herself. Yeah, they didn't go. They didn't give her a script. You could like that was a lot of ad lib. I'm sure she had a couple bullet points. I'm sure that was 
that was fucking probably 70 Becky 30 fucking writing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They probably gave her a couple of topics, points, and said, go out there and freestyle. It was fucking the best work she's ever done on the microphone, ever. I agree. Uh, Z, do you have any points about that? Nope, you guys touched on them all. All right, ladies and fucking gentlemen, uh, we'll give you the quick rundown of how we've scored SummerSlam matches. Uh, 4.25 for the Almas Vega Rusev Lana match, 6 for the Alexander Gulak match, 6.375 for the B Team vs. Revival. I'm going to start rounding these. 7.625 for Ziggler and Rollins, 675 for Bludgeon Brothers and New Day, 5.625 for Nakamura and Hardy, 3.25 for Strowman and Owens, 8.375 for Styles and, Styles and Joe, 5 for the Triple Threat SmackDown Women's Title Match, 6.875 for Miz versus Bryan, 3.75 Balor versus Corbin, 6.125 for Bliss versus Rousey, and the main event Lesnar and Reigns is also 6.125. We are fucking out of here. Thank you so much to everyone who listened for the lo- longer episode. We really appreciate it. Make sure you follow Pro Wrestling Scorecards on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at PW Scorecards. Follow us on all of our fucking social media at BDRCast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are your ring crew. The whole fucking Smiley. Joe. Z. Black and the drunk guy smiling. <laughs> <laughs> and for Orlando Tide Pod Christopher, I am the all Mikey one Mikey himself, and we are 